This is your podcast. This is your podcast. This is your thing. Talk about Star Wars. All of the Star Wars is the last Jedi. I haven't seen it. Hey guys. Hey uh, uh, Jimmy, Conley, Bobby, Mike, Mudrin, and whoever else is there. Uh, I hope you guys are having a blast talking about uh, Star Wars. Uh, this is Leland Rabern talking from the cold streets of Chicago, all alone and afraid. Star Wars lists in my life, uh, but I'll see it soon. I bet you guys are having a blast talking about all the cool things that happened in it, uh, how many porgs there were, and how uh, uh, how awesome it was that that uh, that dancing with the Force Ghost of Han Solo. I bet that was the coolest. Um, I gotta go. Uh, it's cold out here. Uh, <laughs> uh, miss you guys tons. Uh, and, uh, later. Welcome, everybody, to the 2017 Last Jedi spoiler cast. Starring us? Yes. Your usual crew, yeah. Sans Leland. Because this is kind of a test remote recording. Because half of the people who are usually on this podcast are in Japan. As the <laughs> all rest, scattered to the winds. Yeah, as yeah. the rest of us here in Portland are just sitting in my basement. So this is a very real test of transcontinental communications to just blab about stupid stuff. No, yeah, half, half the crew mm-hmm. has uh, fluttered off into the breeze like discarded robes from a hero. Yes. Spoilers! <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be uh-huh. an extremely spoilery discussion yeah. of the last yeah, Jedi. Yeah, just like a a hundred percent spoilers. Yeah, this is this is the kind of movie they 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 killed off Luke Skywalker, and I didn't care. That was the first. <laughs> that was my. I mean, I cared, but like you didn't cry. That doesn't even feel I like the biggest thing cry. to happen in that yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I don't think. And they and off. they commented on that within the movie too. They're like, "He's gone, but mm. I'm not sad." Well, yeah. no one Star Wars yeah. really dies, especially the few Force users. Yeah. I mean. He'll be back. Yeah. I felt very strongly uh, yeah, that he yeah. had just ascended to another plane. Was the totally. vibe yeah. they were throwing oh, absol- with that? Like I, I don't feel like I've seen the yeah. last of him. I thought he dro- I no. thought he just shrunk super tiny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing if that's what we find out? There's tiny Obi Wan Kenobi's and Luke's running around. Yeah. Anytime they vanish, yeah. they just become very small. They're just a tiny little baby yes. size Yoda that like Luke just actually rolled up and was like a palm of your hand. Yeah. There was only one the thing in the last is just like a projection of an R two unit. It's the oh. Force Ghost is just a projection of their R2 units. <laughs> yeah, they have like teeny, tiny R2 units. Yeah. I thought your joke around. was that you could take one of those teeny uh, 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 Jedi and put them inside R2, like in that terrible Clone Wars episode. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> my, my, the only thing I was disappointed about in The Last Jedi, really, ultimately, is that they didn't um, do my stupid fan thing that I wanted to see, which is that Snoke was, in fact, going to be about six inches tall. When you actually <laughs> yeah. saw him, yeah. and that, those giant uh-huh. holograms were just a gigantic um, compensation. The only thing that would have totally. been better yeah. than that, the only thing that would have been better than that is if uh, Snoke stood up, opened his robe, and it was 20 porgs. <laughs> <laughs> and a yes. Snoke head. Yeah. A dog post mask snowhead. Yeah. It's just the worst no articulation in anything. It's just like yeah. He's so like Conley, sh- yeah. Conley, you're in Japan. Oh. Jimmy, you're in yeah. Japan. Yes, yes. How yes. did it play in Japan? Oh, okay. So over here, like obviously people are excited about Star Wars, right? There's like Star Wars pop-up stores and like all of the malls. Um, we're in uh, Nagoya, which is like the third largest city in Japan. 
and there's a lot of like sightseeing towers here and stuff. So our um, our big tower, the Nagoya TV tower, for the last few weeks has been like playing a giant Star Wars ad. So like a big like blue lightsaber lights up on the side of the tower, and then it like says Star Wars. Saigo no Jedi, just like The Last Jedi. No. And a uh, little like BB-8 rolls out in front and stuff. They're like blasting Star Wars music in the park. That was actually what got me most pumped for the for the movie. Actually, I, I was like kind of keeping it together. And then we went to the park and they were like playing the Force Awakens soundtrack. And no. like, yep. there's all like Star Wars stuff everywhere. I'm like, ah, I'm so excited. I can't wait. So everyone's obviously really excited. That said. Uh-oh. Uh, the like late Thursday night opening stuff. Um, they decided for whatever reason to do a really, really limited opening for the movie, like a really small limited release. Yeah. So we were gonna try and go on Thursday night, but in our metro area of nine million people, there was one screen on one theater, <laughs> like one showing on Thursday night. So I stayed up until midnight to try and get tickets, but needless to say, those sold out instantaneously. (laughs) So um, we didn't get to go until um, Thursday. Almost no one reacts during a movie. The only time I've seen someone react during a movie was when we went to see um, Thor Ragnarok, (laughs) and a couple people like laughed at a couple (laughs) of the jokes. Glad Um, that, yeah. But but beyond that, like... Um, there's no one talks after the movie uh, in addition to during the movie it's just like dead silence but as soon as everyone got out of the movie there was a little area selling Star Wars merch and that was slammed oh, everyone yeah. like rushed Absolutely. over to that they was, selling like, hustling to buy their Star Wars merch yeah because yeah. yeah. yeah, you yeah. think that would so, be a big uh, hit in Japan would it be the Porgs yeah, right, yeah. so I think they liked it. Well, there's, no, a famous, yeah. <laughs> there's a famous story when they finally brought uh, Star Wars to Japan, like a year after it debuted in the States, and they played the movie, and they were used to, like, uh, Charlie Lippincott and all those guys were used to, like, you know, taking the movie around everywhere and just gets thunderous applause because everyone sucks that movie's dick. But then playing Japan, <laughs> it was just, like, thunderous silence afterwards, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. Are we gonna bomb here? <laughs> but it's just, that's just the, that Japanese reaction, yeah. and they wound up selling yeah. Yeah. as many tickets as anywhere else. Although I'm like, sort of I'm curious mm-hmm. now. What do you remember? What jokes from Thor Ragnarok actually got? I, I, I gotta yeah. imagine it's the snake story. Uh, God, yeah, I think so. Story. Yeah, I, but I, it may have been the other foreigners in the audience that were laughing. Oh, uh, there were other white uh, people. That's there. true. That's true. So. Yeah, because that would be uh, such a chuckle fuck of a movie. I yeah, yeah. I can see yeah. like the. The humor may not directly. Well, translate. I, I think sort of like the shock yeah. of Thor himself going and making that noise yeah. in the yeah. middle of a story would sort of jolt a laugh out of you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there were a couple laughs, but for the most part, like silence. Yeah. Always just really quiet in the theaters, which I appreciate because I want everyone around me to shut the fuck up. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> so it's a great movie going experience for me. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting to see how people react to movies in different countries. I. I See, you know, I saw um, uh, the 1997 re-release of Star Wars in London on a giant screen. What? And it's always interesting because they laugh at different stuff. Yeah. So, like, one of the biggest mm. laughs in the movie that actually turned into applause was when Luke Skywalker busted and said, I'm Luke Skywalker, I'm here to rescue you. And oh, like, really? they, they thought that was, because it was so dorky, Yeah. they thought that yeah. was the funniest yeah, thing, yeah. and then it just turned into That's... raucous applause. <laughs> That's was adorable. Weird. That's so cute. Yeah, it's a it. peculiarly British as, reaction to the film. Uh, it's almost like the, like the British mock earnestness or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Reactions that different countries have 
Um, I, I'm currently working in like junior high schools here in Japan. And so seeing how the kids kind of feel about Star Wars has been really interesting. And it's been overwhelmingly that girls are the most excited about Star Wars here at wow. the schools I work at. Yeah. Like, they're enthusiastic about the new movie. They love Rey. They think Kylo Ren is cute. <laughs> wow, they love, love BB-8. Like, <laughs> they... And the boys are like... I don't know if they're just playing it cool, but the girls have, like, genuine enthusiasm for Star Wars here, That's which is really cool. cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they, I, they I drew a picture of Rey and BB-8 for one of Jimmy's students. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, sh- they should have amazing enthusiasm, especially after this film, because it's... This film, 100% cements the fact that this this is almost <laughs> I want to say like it's almost entirely uh, female driven at this point yeah like yes ev- ev- all, 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 just because there's only two white guys in the whole story <laughs> out of yeah. like a dozen characters and they're both screwing up a bunch they're both yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah yeah no it's it's great um, it that's that's one of the the things that really struck me about this film and uh, with with Poe in general Poe's character is sort of like the classic Han Solo-ish character, jumping a ship, mm-hmm. blow stuff up. And Poe follows his, to this point, very successful instincts. It's always worked for him before, why wouldn't it work again? And that that sort of theme resonates with a lot of dudes right about now. It's, mm-hmm. it's always worked like this before for me, why would it stop working now all of a sudden? Although, to be fair, it mm-hmm. only doesn't work because a lady randomly withholds information from no, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no stop, stop trying to give this... Stop trying to let this man I'm off the hook. I'm trying to ruin the metaphor. Stop, stop, trying to let this man off, stop trying to let this it's man okay. off the hook. Yeah, but, I've been doing my vocal exercises and preparing for my <laughs> annual scream at Bill Days. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, this film is oh. very much about um, this one guy, sort of, what I do has always worked before. Why don't I just keep doing it again? And having to be taught, all the men who are like, all this has worked before for me, why would I just keep doing it again? Have to be taught, sometimes forcibly, by all the other women surrounding them who have actually done the work that they keep trying to duck and survived and advanced themselves and advanced the people who they care for forward in the in their own lives uh, and in their own timelines. And a lot of this movie mm-hmm. is almost essentially about guys having to learn the hardest way possible to shut the fuck up, get the fuck out of the way, and pay attention to the women who have been there before you and know what it takes to move into the future successfully. Yeah, I would, I would yeah. modulate yes. that a little bit because mm-hmm. I think that the entire movie, not just for the dudes, is yeah. about assumptions being challenged because they're wrong. Because Rey goes through that too. Yes. Rey believes that yes. Luke Skywalker's gonna be her savior. He's not. Mm-hmm. She uh, she believes that uh, her past is important. It's not. Nope. She believes she can redeem Kylo. She she can't. can't. <laughs> At least and she so I don't think yeah. I don't think that's just restricted to one gender in this film. No, it's not. You- yes, uh, yeah. I my big thing. I I kind of mentioned before we. I think before we started recording that like while I was watching the movie, I wasn't sure how I felt about it. Like it was doing some things that I was like, oh, I don't know about this. And what I was referring to was at the beginning of the movie, it obviously sort of like punishes Poe for for trying to go and be like big and um, you know bold and heroic and and putting other people in danger. Um, 
And as the movie continued, it felt like it was then going to like reward him for the same thing. Like it, oh. it, it felt like, uh, oh, seriously. So now he's gonna like go do the big hero thing, and it's. A, so I was like extremely relieved <laughs> when it turned around at the end, and was like, no, like <laughs> sit down, shut up. Other people know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, like going in and trying to be like the the big hero that everyone like it's just. It, it, that made me very happy Although that they least, turned that around in the end. At um, least with Poe, at least it's still... It, it's it's not like they turned him into a Han Solo where he's too cool for school about this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's just... He, he is trying to do his best in, in, in the kind of like A-plus student way he is with Leia. Yeah. Except he really is mm-hmm. just... Yeah, but yeah, he's just it, not it, it takes it though. takes a while yeah. for him. It takes a while to get through his. He's not thick trying to skull. cut corners. No, but it takes yeah. a, it just he takes is, a while. He's to overextending get... himself, and everyone's telling him it to just knock takes it off. a while. Like yeah. he doesn't quite understand why it's not working, and he's not doing the self reflection. And that's again getting into what Mike was saying. There's yeah. a, this movie is a lot about self reflection, and the one of yes. the key points, and Yoda flat out states it to him. Uh, is when he, Yoda is telling Luke, I told you to pass on what you have learned. And that means your failures, too. You guys keep yeah. fighting yeah. against your failures instead of accepting them and then taking what you can from them and moving forward. Poe just keeps fighting against his failures. If I just jump into a different ship, if I just do this mutiny, if I just send them to Canto Bite where they botch everything, and then they end up having yes. to learn their own vital lessons while they're in the middle of botching things, Finn and Rose. But... Yeah. yeah, and that's essentially what's going. Luke is doing the same thing. Like instead of accepting his failures, facing his failures, and learning from them, he just keeps fighting them over and over again. And that's yeah. the wrong. That's the wrong way to fight. And Finn learns that the uh, wrong reason to fight is to take out what you hate, as opposed to save what you love. And Yoda knows mm-hmm. it. Leia knows it. Holdo knows it. It's mm-hmm. funny that even Holdo yes. knows it, and she's just a guest special guest star. Yeah, but yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's interesting because I think there's one, there's a number of very interesting ideas and themes running through this movie. This movie's got a lot of meat on its bone. Yes. One of my yes. favorite ones, mm-hmm. which has just occurred to me talking about this, is that it's it's basically saying again and again and again that heroism based on assumptions mm-hmm. is is not a good idea. Yeah. Heroism without yes. strategy, heroism without a good set of ideas going into it is is kind of a dumb idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heroism, yes. heroism uh, yeah, for I, heroism. I talk- I'm, gonna show, I'm sorry, Conley, go ahead. Oh, it's okay. no, it's okay. I was talking about it with Jimmy yesterday, I and mean, we were we were kind of talking about all that, and um, you know, Poe's arc, and what Ray ends up doing at the end, going and trying to like save Kylo Ren, and I was saying that I really appreciated the sort of like theme of the movie about you know it's not always best to just yeah go in with no plan and try and like blow shit up <laughs> without uh, <laughs> without uh, really like thinking about it, and that like what's really important is you know caring about people or empathy or, um, you know, trying to, trying to save people and thinking things through wisdom, like all that. But, um, when it came to Ray, um, she thought like she was like going to go to Kylo Ren with, with empathy and with like knowledge of his situation and go help him. And while it didn't work, I really appreciated that she wasn't punished for it. Right. Because, like, really <laughs> yeah. punished for it. Because I feel like so much of previous Star Wars is this, like, really black and white idea of, like, if you even think about being bad, you're evil now. Or, like, that, you know, right? Like, if, mm-hmm. if you, like, make a mistake, 
the dark side is going to get you, and yeah. now you're bad. Well, and that's the and thing, that's, so, that's the thing like, that scared the shit out of Luke. And what I really loved right, about, yeah. uh, about her uh, going into the cave is that Luke was so mm. freaked out at the idea that she saw the dark side in her in her uh, first meditation and immediately went mm-hmm. right for it. He's like, what the hell is wrong with you? You can't do that. No, she can do that because she is yeah. not as governed by fear and she isn't yes. as, as sort of cynical about what the dark side could represent as Luke was, as Obi-Wan was, as Yoda was even in those. So when she does go down into the cave, she's questioning herself. She's looking for answers in the wrong place and she's being shown the correct answer back, but she doesn't take anything negative out of it. Like, can you imagine, yeah. can you imagine like Luke going into the cave and coming out like, I think I can, I think I can save this Vader guy. That doesn't even occur to yeah. him. It's not even a question. No, no. Ray goes down into that cave, comes out, kicks Luke's ass, and is like, "Look, yeah. are you gonna, are you going to help me save your nephew or what? Because I think I can do it. I legitimately think I can do it." She went down, faced the dark side, and came up believing she could save somebody. She also yeah. is taught that she's looking for an answer in that cave. Yeah. And the answer is her own face. Yeah. And she goes, oh, Herself. wait, I need yeah. to actually rely on myself. I need to engage in self-reliance mm-hmm. and yeah. not, uh, yeah, it's interesting. That's, it's beautiful. It's funny, yeah. but that comes from a oh, yeah. so dark side source of whatever. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it isn't interesting that they showed, like, the dark side is not necessarily just inherently evil. Yeah. It's just a different part of things. And she's taking something from that and actually growing on it, which... I, 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 a lot of people are suspecting that this this uh, series is going to end with Rey establishing a new Grey Je- Jedi Order. Yes. And that could lend that a little... I don't think it's going to be Grey Jedi if she d- does establish Grey, Grey Jedi are a going, new thing. Grey Jedi are like, going to be... There's no fucking way. There's yeah. no, no, I, 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 no, no, no. I, I don't think it's going to be like Grey Jedi or anything like that. I think it's going to be like a, a more nuanced mm-hmm. look at the Force. Well, I just and, kept on assuming uh, that she would uh, establish a Bendu Order where it's like it, kind of <laughs> like taking for a little bit from both, but it being a new thing. I, but although the fact that she, even Luke declares her to be the last Jedi at the end, if Luke says that, that's he doesn't, he, what doesn't, he is. doesn't necessarily. Say, what he said is, I will not. No. I will not be the last Jedi. Yeah, well, he doesn't say she's yes. still the last Jedi. She establishes a new order, and she is she, still the last she, Jedi. She could, yeah. well, she's not a Jedi yet, though. That, that's the thing. She hasn't even decided no, whether she. She hasn't decided whether she wants to be a Jedi. Yeah, she knows. She knows enough to know that she wants to steal those fucking books. She knows right, enough. Yeah. She stole the books. Yeah, she jacked them. She jacked those books and stuck she them on the falcon. Yoink! Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Which is what? great, but she. I don't. I don't know if she knows what uh. the the next generation of force users is going to be. She knows. Well, she's obviously not thinking that far ahead, but she's just like, working on instinct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not even so much on mm-hmm. instinct. It's like I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to try and figure it out in a way that doesn't make the same fucking mistakes that the last generation did and the generation before that did. If I'm going to make mistakes, I'm going to make my own mistakes. I already did that once by believing I could just storm the throne room and turn Kylo back to Ben. That was her mistake that she made, and she almost paid for it. And even then, and this this is what I love about the ending of that sequence, is that she still has hope for him. And then when he is sort of like, no, I was thinking that you'd join my side. Even after I make yeah. all these, even after I make all these Heidi lofty pronouncements about how we can leave it all behind, I don't mean for me. <laughs> I mean for you. Yeah, you yeah, come yeah, to yeah. my side, Thanks. and she and and her answer, her answer to that is, oh, oh, Ben, no, don't, honey. You're breaking. <laughs> yeah. I can't go down this road. You're breaking my heart. 
are. No, that's not. No, no, it's more. It's more like so. People are reading it as a romantic. No, what? No, no. I'm just saying. Some people are. No, she. She's like, oh, oh, you thought this was gonna be a date. I'm sorry. No, no, honey. That is. No. Yeah. If you take one of the things that about. Kylo Ren as a villain, and particularly established in The Force Awakens, is that he's meant to represent, on one level, sort of the internet fanboy. Yeah. Uh, the worst yeah. aspects of the internet fanboy. Now, yeah, what's yeah. interesting is how Johnson deepens that relationship, because their little Force connection, where they can kind of telecommunicate with each other, mm-hmm. is basically his thesis, his, uh, his, uh, Johnson's essay on how men talk to women on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's no. absolutely oh, there. He spends, he spends the entire yeah. movie basically telling her about herself... Somewhat correctly, mostly incorrectly, but with just enough truth uh-huh. that he's essentially trying to neg her yeah. into joining yeah. the yeah. dark side while trying to redefine what the dark side is so he doesn't feel so bad about his weird conflict in the middle of himself. And when it, when push yeah. comes to shove and she is finally like, we did it. We did what we came here to do. I can save you. You don't have to go through all this bullshit you keep putting yourself through. Once again... Redemption is opened up to him with no strings attached, and he refuses to go through the fucking door. Yep. It's yep. pure yes. disappointment. Pure disappointment on her face. She's like, oh, see, now I have to take your sword and fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's even to the point, uh, yeah. as far as the like how men talk to one of the internet thing, it's even like the needless nakedness. Please stop doing that. Yes. Kylo, put a yeah. shit up. Yeah, you yeah. can get unsolicited like, do you have nakedness. you a towel or something? Yeah. To send yeah. to the women in, in this. And yeah, it's it's all there. Well, is it that he can see her surroundings, but she can't see his? Or vice? No, no, she they can see, can see his. No, no, other, no, other, other surroundings. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. No, but one is, I, like, yeah, it I, is lopsided even that in that perspective. I can't remember which way it's going, but... She, he can't see Luke either. Basically. Oh, that's why, yeah. He can't see yeah. her. He can only see her, but not... Okay, like, yeah. Yeah. Race, yeah. Yeah. I, I loved um, how much they really leaned in to Kylo Ren's, like, uh, try-hard edgelord. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just super lean into it. Like, like um, Ray being like, you're a monster. And him being like, yes, I am. And her just giving him this look of like, what the fuck? She does that a yeah. couple times in the movie. She does it to, yeah. she does it to Ben. And then she does it yeah. to Uncle Luke because there are both yeah. times that they are trying so hard to seem badass and she's just looking at him like, you are so goofy right now. Like when yeah. Luke yeah. milks this giant sea cow and downs like a bunch of green milk <laughs> straight from its teat. The shamrock shake. And yeah. then like, he's so like maliciously, what what was the word that you said? He just uh, looks there like, look at this is happening. Yeah. Like I'm you, drinking, I'm yeah. drinking the shamrock shake. You, you ain't, you ain't about this life, Ray. Yeah. You think you know what this is about. You ain't about this life. Yeah. And she's just looking at him like, I'm going to be here tomorrow, yeah. jackass. Yeah. I know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Actually, that was yeah. one of my very favorite things about this is, you know, Luke in the original trilogy is a sort of he's sort of a I don't want to say a bland character because he has absolute one he's guileless but he's guileless and I love the complications that were layered on him in this mm-hmm. where he actually had this extremely he had a much more full bodied character than he did in the original trilogy mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. opinion well and it was great to see Mark Hamill actually get to give a, like a fun performance 
He wasn't just yeah. being the noble Luke Skywalker of just like, I've got to save my father. Yeah. We shouldn't have... Co-. Or like, he's just yeah. like, oh God, shit's fucked up. You, uh, He's grown older, they'll let the character mature. That's why a lot mm-hmm. of people are upset about it. they've broken Luke Skywalker because he's making choices he would have no. never made before. Even if he did no. make choices that he would have made before, the character's twice as old as we've ever mm-hmm. seen. Three times older than we've well, ever and the seen. Mo- and the movie's and he's take- gone through shit. The movie's taking like, care to make the point that Luke Skywalker is broken, but he sort of broke himself. He didn't need yeah. to react to what he did. Like, he he is punishing himself just as much, if not more, as than Kylo did. Like, yeah. Kylo pulled a hut yeah. down around him and killed his order. And Luke is placing all of the blame of for that on himself for the two and a half seconds he had of, of abject fear that he might have to kill his Yes, man. He wasn't gonna. So, no. So when I, when I watched that, for like a split second, I had a thought of like, oh, that seems out of character for Luke. But we just rewatched the original trilogy, like leading up to it. And after that one second of thinking, oh, that seems out of character, I was like, wait, no, it's not. It's perfectly like, in Luke's character. Luke's entire character throughout the original trilogy was like acting impulsively, like mm-hmm. unendingly acting impulsively. And then, like, being about to do something and, like, pulling himself back from it. Well, like, people have said... Up until Return of the Jedi and him being like, I will murder the Emperor. And then, like, stopping and turning off his lightsaber yeah, and being yeah. like, wait, no, And once again, we're in a situation where he will not stop beating himself up for it to the point where he's like, I've shut myself off to the Force. I'm going to sit on an mm-hmm. island here with dinosaur nuns and porgs. I thought that was interesting. And, until, sh- until I die. And Ray is like... Kylo failed you. Yeah. Kylo yeah. fucked that up. You need to stop removing yourself from all the people you love as some f- weird form of self-flagellation for nothing in return. You still have more to give to people, and you have more to give to me, and you need to give it to me. Well, if I may switch genres mm-hmm. for a second, or yeah. if I may switch franchises for a second, mm-hmm. it, it put me a little bit in the mind of, of Star Trek Two in yeah. the sense that Star Trek II's whole joke was characters in the old series were always able to work out of any situation they could, even if they acted impulsively or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, finally, they're all middle-aged, and those, those things are backfiring on them, and all the chickens are coming home to roost for all their human adult decisions they made all their lives, particularly Captain Kirk. And in this case, you see you know, Luke was always rewarded in the original trilogy for his impulsive actions, or conquered them quick enough that he could turn it into an act of heroism. Mm-hmm. And this is, we find Luke now at the first time that actual adult responsibility is set in and regret mm-hmm. and he he finally had that impulse and it totally blew up in his face and got a bunch of people killed mm-hmm. and he's like oh mm-hmm. i don't know he didn't know how to deal with that information right it was the first time the first time that his acting impulsively backfired yes. and the one time that it did yeah he couldn't handle it and he couldn't forgive himself <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, we had yeah. we had a yeah. really interesting discussion oh i'm sorry bill oh no, no no i was just gonna point out the people have pointed out that like uh the internet reaction to this movie has been fucking bonkers. I'm glad you guys haven't been paying too much attention to it. But, <laughs> well, I've, I've seen people claim that, like, they, they can't believe Luke would have ever even th- even thought to kill uh, Ben Solo after he after Luke never wavered in his faith in re- being able to redeem his father. I'm like, did you see the end of Return of the Jedi? The moment right? Vader yeah. threatened Luke's sister, he tried to kill kill oh, that yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> he would have done it if the Emperor yep. hadn't shown him like, hey, 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 you're doing what I want. He's like, oh shit, what am I doing? And even then the impulsive moment where you try to kill the Emperor that even before that, like, yeah. Luke, yeah. and especially with the weight of seeing what, especially after, like, he's presumably uh, between uh, his moment where he was, uh, 
attempted to kill Ben and the end of Return of the Jedi, where he's learned exactly what ha, what every he really learned everything that uh, Anakin Skywalker did. Like that, there's got to be that moment where, like, oh my God, I've got Anakin Skywalker 2.0 right in front of me. He's totally justified mm-hmm. in being scared for that moment. Even even admits in the film it was a moment of weakness. Yeah, that like he he thinks mm-hmm. like okay. But he stops, and I love the Rashomon thing where you get to see it from three different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I I don't think it really is all on Luke. I do think Ben fucked up too because I, I guess Ben had somehow already been in touch with Snoke and had already been corrupting too. So I think it's it's not as quite as clear cut as just saying it's all. Luke's fault. Oh, but, it, but it's not. It's absolutely but not. Luke is lacerating himself yeah. in a stupid way that's not being constructive. Well, that's the yeah. more important yeah. thing. Yeah. Is like him mm-hmm. being all room a set tech on an island is not helping anyone or anything. That's why you know yeah, yeah. says you got to get out of your own fucking head on this shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing about yeah. this movie is that it's um, it's it's as I said on the uh, yeah. internet the other day, it's samurai as fuck. This mm-hmm. movie it's is pretty, just. Yeah. Very, it's it's very samurai, and that telling that story of betrayal and from three different perspectives. First, you get the lie. Mm-hmm. First, you get the sanitized version. Then you get uh, Ben's perspective, and then you get the actual perspective that Luke had. That's very samurai. Which is a combination of the first uh, two yeah. people's yeah. honor codes being, you know, in conflict with one another. I guess is one way also, to look at it. Well, how bad of a teacher was Luke that like. I could see Ben, he was being seduced by the dark side, whatever, he's targeted by Snoke, wherever the fuck Snoke came from, it's not important. Mm-hmm. How is it bad that, like, half of his other students decided to go with Ben, too? Like, yeah. so there's obviously, Luke had some other problems other than just that quick moment of weakness with his green lights here in that hut that night. There was obviously some kind of other issues going on, which, we, I don't know if we'll ever hear more about that in a book, or I'm sure we will, there will be, I'm there, sure there'll be a we will. Oh, yeah, series sure. novel about the adventures of Luke Skywalker's uh, Kenny Punt Bunkport training camp, but, uh, I don't know, it's... Hmm. Well, there's something I want to talk about that I think is very core to this movie, is that it's challenging it, the assumptions of... of it, it basically is a, a movie that is saying mythology and puzzles aren't as important well, that's as the thing. I shouldn't even bring that mm-hmm. up, because um, it really doesn't matter. It matters what's happening, who now, what we do with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the puzzle box shit about, oh, what, the, the fine details of, like, what did Luke do to his other students, it really doesn't matter. We have to deal with what is right now. Yeah. Well, we made a list uh, when we were Bill and, and Bobby and I were talking about um, all the different ways this movie, very consciously, without compromising its entertainment value, uh, basically rejects every one of these sort of puzzle box uh, things that maybe maybe the entertainment blogosphere industrial complex had us doing going into this <laughs> film. And yeah. you know, mm-hmm. race parentage doesn't matter. Mm-mm. The lore and arcana of the Jedi religion, literally Yoda comes down to Luke and goes, doesn't matter. I yeah. hope you set uh, that on fire. Snoke's backstory doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. It's all it's all a big you know lever for basically Kylo's arc. Yeah. Um, and then also like, but that's it happens all the way through the film. It's even little stuff. Like uh, Finn and Rose's mission doesn't matter. Del, Del Toro's Lando heel turn is not redeemed like Lando yeah. was redeemed. Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie is basically like constantly challenging. And your notion of what why a, the yeah. internet's erupting about how much they hate mm-hmm. this film is all that stuff because they're not getting this. If the movie's not functioning the way they're expecting a Star Wars movie to function, where there's a very binary yeah. game going on where you put this input and you get this result. If, in. if you go into a film and you're expecting it to be solely a plot delivery service, and not only that, but the bullet points you want it to spit out onto the wiki that you can then slap people in the face with on the right. internet later. If if those if those bullet points 
um, aren't following or tracing the same flat adventure movie arc that you've been watching in the other eight Star Wars films or the other 19 Marvel films or whatever sort of superficial uh, monomyth that you've been feeding into your eyeballs the past 10 years, if it doesn't actually do that for you, you tend to have a pretty shitty reaction to this film because this film seems way more concerned with taking 15 or 16 other different filmic influences, all of Ryan Johnson's favorite mythological influences, folding them into a fantasy film, folding that fantasy film into Star Wars, and using all of that to serve very central themes and character moments that really don't have much to do with the plot that they're stuck in. Yeah. The plot mm. is there to sort of enrich the characters and and deliver the punch of the, the two main themes of the Sometimes film. Sometimes to the detriment of the film, though, because the plot gets really clanky in this film in parts, though. But well, it's basically I'll take just, good characterization over, yeah. like, really clever plot. It's basically shit. that one cul-de-sac to, to Canto bite. It is a cul-de-sac. That, that's yeah. basically yes. what it is. Yeah. But even then, that was, cul-de-sac serves I a very... I Jimmy and Conley on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> even yeah. Then, even yeah. then, even, Sorry, guys. Yeah, even then that cul-de-sac mm-hmm serves very strongly one of the two major themes of the film. So you can't pull out Canto Bite. You need yeah, Canto Bite. Yeah, you'd have Bite. to rejigger no. that, yeah. yeah. What uh, were you going to say, yeah, Conway? I, I was going to say, like, the, the one thing in the movie that dragged for me a little bit was Canto Bite. And even so, like, I wouldn't get rid of it. Like, I, I appreciated the themes of Canto Bite of fuck the rich and uh, all the people, <laughs> like, <laughs> profiting <laughs> profiting off of, like, keeping the perpetual war machine going. Yeah. I kind of appreciated that. Um, but... It, it dragged for me a little bit, and I, I think especially, like, when I when I left the movie, I was like, eh, I wasn't sold on the, like, extended horse race escape thing. It's yeah. like, I could have, I could have, um trimmed some of the Canto Bite stuff cut and uh, cut well, it down a bit and, and been fine. There's no real character stuff going on? It's all kind oh, of... Oh, there's like a ton... Of, I think there's a ton of character there's, stuff going on. Yeah, it, it's, it's, most, it's mostly Rose and Finn's. It's Rose showing Finn what it is they're fighting for. And Finn, yes. still, Finn still doesn't quite get it. Like, Rose needs to crash into him, literally, with a ship, in order to get it through his head that it's about fighting for people you love as opposed to fighting against the people you hate. And Rose is there to sort of show Finn, while she's on Canto Bite, the, these people exploit others. And I, what all I want to do and she has to learn a little bit herself. All I want to do is sort of hurt these people, not only as revenge for how they keep stepping on people, but so that these people who are who remind me of myself at this age have the chance, have the opportunity to be what I am, to be better than what I am. That's what those little kids mm-hmm. represent. Like very I mean, he's not being subtle about any of these themes. At all, no. there's nothing subtle about what Ryan Johnson is well, trying to say in this that film. That is Star Wars, there, yeah, yeah, like, and it, that too. But, yeah. but I mean, like that's basically the 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 main thrust of Canto Bite. It isn't just you know class politics being brought to the forefront in the Star Wars film, which oh, I think yeah. is awesome. Of course, of course. It, it's it's also yeah. choose your targets wisely and fight mm-hmm. smart, which is like we've said earlier in the show, a, a huge aspect of 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 the film thematically. Well, Cho- choose. Know why you're fighting, believe in what you're fighting, and fight for that the right way. Again and again, and mm-hmm. again and again, the movie is about rejecting surface flash, too. Mm. Like, you see uh, mm-hmm. Finn is all excited by the glamour of Canto Bite, yeah. and Rose goes, oh, no, 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 go look over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're actually, and then, like, it, I, even there's even, like, little visual notes that keep reinforcing that. One of my favorite ones, which is super tiny, is uh, the planet 
uh, is uh, of um, crate is covered in salt. Yeah. And every time you mm-hmm. scrape away the salt, which is seasoning, mm-hmm. uh, i.e. the flash and glamour and, and excitement of a movie, and you get the blood underneath, the red, it's like driving it back to character. He keeps driving this mm-hmm. movie's focus back to people, not um, philosophies or even, mm-hmm. you know, uh, lore or ideas. He keeps rejecting everything in favor of people over and over and over in this movie. Well, just even mm-hmm. that visual yeah. at the end of the Battle of Crate right before Luke shows up. Like, just you see the, yeah, the blood scarring of just the whole battlefield is, is just, like... I've never seen a shot like that before in a Star Wars film, just in terms of, like, man, like... It's not like a ton of guys died. Maybe, like, a, like oh, maybe only 15 rebel pilots. Probably mm. no more than the people, the pilots who died in, in on Hoth or anything like that. But it just you just get a feeling for, like, just the blood. Just, what the fuck? Are well, the stakes this? at that point have been raised so high. I mean, yeah. you can fit the entirety of the Resistance on the Millennium Falcon that's by the end point. of this movie. 15 yeah. lo- pilots yeah. right there is, like, cutting the Resistance in half. Yeah, yeah. that's The Resistance point, keeps getting cut in half as the movie goes, you which can, is, which is part of the... Resistance can fill a school bus at the end of this movie. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's part. And that's part. Of, I mean, people have been comparing it to Battlestar Galactica since they first laid their eyes on it, and I didn't understand why yeah. until um, the the scroll rolls up, um, the camera pans down to literally a replica of the first shot from thirty three. In ba- it's literally the same framing, yeah. the same camera movement, and then the plot is essentially uh, we can't rest uh, because wherever we go, the enemy is on us. So we have. We're just up against the clock. Our enemy is the clock. And as soon as the clock runs out, we're all dead. I almost kind of wish they had yeah. stuck more closely to the 33 inspiration where they're warping around. They just keep around, jumping. Yeah. Rather than the very slow motion chase from yeah. one planet to the other. Because that is the one thing where I'm like, can the Empire has all the fuel they need. Can't they just warp ahead just a little bit? Or like call in other ships to come and squeeze yeah. them from the other? Like, I it's, I know that that's not the point of the film. We're talking like, the, but it is from... That, when I talk about how the, the plot gets really clanky in parts, mm-hmm. it kind of would have been more interesting if they were just held, had only enough fuel for like maybe a dozen, 18 hours worth of jumps or something like that, yeah. rather than just like, pot, 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 pot. <laughs> yeah, but it's, but they needed a way for like Finn can come back and know where everyone's at and just like, it's, I, I can kind of see why, I'm sure there was talk behind the scenes why, like, why would, why, why don't they just keep on jumping, but mm-hmm. that's, that's more plot stuff. That's not really that. Well, they also, that plot also suffers from something that's, uh, frankly, a little bit like if we do a tachyon pulse from the uh, Mitter Array tra- Star Trek stuff, where, Even, like, that yeah. thing that they're, the, the way that the Empire is tracking them doesn't make any sense and it doesn't they, matter. Well, well, especially in the movie. Uh, I'm sorry, Jimmy and Colin, we'll let you talk again. Uh, but <laughs> they, well, someone says, like, oh, my God, how are they tracking us? And then it smash cuts to a shot of Finn. I'm like, well, they must be tracking them because, like, Finn was a stormtrooper. That's what I thought, kind of That's what, Yeah, yeah. And no, yeah. it just turns out it's almost like a little bit like the magic uh, transwarp formula in the J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams Star Trek film where we're like, no, they just magically can figure out how to uh, just track people because, the, the, you know, uh, Finn having a tracking device on him, that would have been a nice little callback to, like, how... Uh, Tarkin tracked the Falcon back to Young Falcon. I, I, yeah. my, my, but I like, was just kind of like, yeah, it just I just shrugged me. at it entirely. Like, I didn't give a fuck how they were tracking him, honestly. Yeah, I know, yeah. but that's just just, just... just tell me that you're tracking him. Oh, do you have a plan on it how to... It could have been to... cleaner. Just a little, little bit like, yeah, a little bit less noise there. It just, just... it just sort of glances off of me, though. Like, there's, there's so many weird little plotty knobs and doodads that people sort of seize on as a means to compete with the film and fight with the film. Yes, and yeah. I usually let a lot of those bounce right off me. And... This is one of the really cool things about this film is that Ryan Johnson is very aware 
of this weird sort of in the in the past 10 15 years training that uh, the blogosphere the youtubeosphere the media in general has done with an audience where you sort of teach the audience to go in and fight with the film and you and you mm -hmm. teach them to sort of mainline all of these expectations as to how a movie should go and if a movie variate or has any sort of variation from that then it's done something wrong and you can seize upon it and, it, and it's food for the cinema sins right and, and, he, use, and he uses yeah. and he uses <sighs> he uses your knowledge of that and your expectation for that against you multiple times in the film and the best version of it is Luke showing up on crate because yeah. no, nothing about that makes any sort of sense, and you are no. will, and yeah. you're willing to roll with it anyway. It doesn't fucking matter. Like he's wearing clothes. I know for a fact he doesn't have. Doesn't matter. He this looks the, younger. This is the hero he's moment. It doesn't, yeah, yeah, he has brown hair. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's he's the hero got moment. His father's lightsaber. Doesn't matter. It's yeah. the hero moment. Yes. And this entire That's time when, it's happening, you are con you're contriving excuse after excuse after excuse to let it play out because you want your your ready made hero moment that you have gotten in every other superhero movie. Right? Right? Yeah. And then well, this is the moment and, the sequels have been building to. Yeah. And then it turns out to be something completely fucking different. And everything that you were trying as hard as you could <clears throat> to write off for the sake of enjoying the movie the way you thought you were programmed to enjoy it is turned around on you. And that only works yeah. if the filmmaker himself knows the audience as well as he knows his audience. Well, the Battle of Crates is very interesting but, because it's but, one of the... But, Oh, go ahead. <laughs> before before we move off that moment with Luke, yeah, the yeah. one thing that like distracted me in that movie was when he appeared with the Anakin lightsaber, mm -hmm. because like that like as soon as he kind of appears on crate, I was like, okay, there's something going on here. Mm -hmm. But then when he ignited that blue lightsaber, I was immediately just like, okay, some there's some they didn't make that big of a mistake. Yeah, you just saw that thing yeah. blew up. Something but is going on But not in a puzzle box kind of way. And it was but, yeah, almost no, no, no. too big of a giveaway, I think. I think they should have had that green lightsaber pop at that moment. But the thing is, like, even before he ignites the lightsaber, the biggest giveaway, um, and this should be crystal clear, it got past me, too. But again, I was so wrapped up in the expectation of what this moment should be mm. that I, I was discarding any bit of information that was getting in the way of that. The biggest hint is that he's not leaving footprints, Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. he, he's not leaving yeah. any. Well, he's the, also the, not actually physically interacting with. with well, no, but that's what I'm. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, he's like, not, he's like, not, no. Yeah. But J Jimmy's Jimmy's point was he lit up the blue lightsaber, and that's when the big question marks started popping over his head. Question marks were popping up that entire sequence. Bigger than the blue lightsaber is the fact they had a character actually put his finger in a footprint. That's how clearly Ryan Johnson is like it. This this you need to pay attention to this. Luke walks out, isn't leaving a single footprint, and nobody notices. That's yeah. Nobody gives a yeah. fuck because I, they are as, they want that Clone as, Wars. As yeah. soon as he showed up in the cave, mm -hmm. like I was like, "Well, is this like a vision or something?" Because how the fuck would he get here otherwise? It's like a little dreamy, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems appears. really yeah. dreamy. But as it went on, I was like, "Oh, maybe not." Yeah, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, and again yeah. it underscores the idea uh, where literally the big samurai hero moment that you've come to expect ends up being an illusion, but Luke as but a character has a gone has gone moment. through a journey yeah. you need to go through. Mm -hmm. uh, the battle, right? Of I I I saw a couple people being like, "Ah, oh, Luke finally showed up and did something cool," and then it turned out it didn't even really happen. I'm like, "You thought that wasn't Luke doing something incredible?" Yeah, like, I know. You you Luke did something cool. Luke yeah. did something cool. It just wasn't the thing you expected. But the whole battle of crates yeah. like that 
what I found very interesting about the Battle of Crete as a whole, structurally, is it's interesting that at no point do any of the Imperial Walkers get taken down. Mm -mm. The battering ram mm -hmm. gun that is the goal of that fight is not destroyed. Nothing. There is. It's it's even more of a defeat than the Battle of Hoth because at least the Battle of Hoth had little micro victories in it to mm. kind of carry yeah. you along. This that that whole thing is a massive failure. <laughs> but it, the success is grown from that failure. Right. Basically, the entire the right. fa the fact that the hope of the resistance and which is now just basically the rebellion sprouted they out of a. They start calling themselves rebels. They kind of drop the resistance. The, yeah, that the, 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 fa the fact the fact that the hope of the rebellion sprouted out of a planet that was literally salted Earth. Mm-hmm. Symbolically, mm. like what? Come, Jesus Christ! They, I, they. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say there were micro victories, but yeah. in keeping with the theme of the movie, they weren't micro victories in the sense of like blowing up the walkers right. or the cannon. They were like small human they victories, were, yeah. they like were character victories. Rose saving Finn. Yeah, moral, exactly. Moral like, victories. Like yeah. these things. If and, you're gonna like, have a victory know. in a Star Wars movie, it better be a goddamn yeah. moral victory. Because why is yeah, Poe paying here? attention to his surroundings? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah Poe like, yeah, learning so, yeah, to yeah, Poe slowing slow down. down and step into a leadership position. So like the 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 little victories were there. They just weren't the big flashy showy blowing this would stuff a lot up. Of people off because they get the, they just want to see the flash and they don't see the flash they, and they, they they they're not wooed by these moral victors. I'm like, well, you're, and you're that's, missing the point. Of that's one of the that's one of the most frustrating things mm -hmm. I've been hearing both from the Force Awakens and from this movie is this weird sort of idea. And again, it's born from this uh, this this notion that a film needs to justify itself with its Wikipedia entries. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> this weird idea that if 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 a hero suffers a loss, it invalidates all the good things the hero did up to that point. It's a really cynical it's like a video game where like you didn't yeah, get level two it's, because yeah. like yeah. Like, it's a really cynical notion that sort of provides an insight into how you sort of look at life. Like not every single action you carry up to a point is completely wiped out because you fucked up once. Just because Han and Leia had a kid who broke bad doesn't mean everything Han and Leia were up to that point is now invalidated. Just because that same kid who broke bad ended up breaking Luke doesn't mean everything that Luke stood for up to that moment means nothing. Yeah. And people keep leveling these sorts of charges. Like, they didn't... They didn't do anything on crate. They they lost it's and like ran a zero away. It was like a game to these people. Where it's yeah, yeah it's, it does, it's not a zero sum. None of this is about being a zero sum game. The fact that Luke wasn't technically there, that he was just force projecting from the island, doesn't mean he didn't do anything. He didn't even chop a, yeah. a, a walker in half. What's well, the point? Yeah, it's like oh my yeah. fucking god. Yeah, like you you don't go into a movie. And try to rack up achievement points. Right. Yeah, right. you're not you're not gonna leave with with PlayStation trophies at the end of the film. That's not how you judge whether you won or lost the film because I mean, it's not a matter of winning or losing the film I, at all. I do feel bad for people because Star Wars started this trend of, of these films who were trying to be moralistic like Star Wars, but they treat morality like it's a game like like that. there's a leaderboard. And so people, you have mm -hmm. entire generations of people growing up now being trained by the movies to believe in that kind of morality and now you got the Star Wars film coming back and saying, wait, 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 yeah, time out. That's not how really things work and that's not how not how things always operate in this universe. Well and not only that, the that that what you just described has also been underscored by the fact that we were talking about this before the taping the blogger entertainment industrial complex has sort of made That's exacerbated it. the yeah. anticipation of a movie as important as the movie itself. They're making money during the anticipation process with side products, blog posts that reveal the trailer. Yeah. And also, like, is the clickbait articles like, 
is Snoke really uh, the Emperor cloned? You know, and, and, or like, you know, and, and so we've turned the process, the, the people, audiences have been conditioned to treat a movie as a puzzle to be solved or mm-hmm. guessed at. And this, and Ryan Johnson is very aggressively saying, no guys, the only thing that matters, this is not a puzzle, this is not a video game, this is a story, and it's a story that needs to move forward. And again, I feel bad mm-hmm. for the audiences mm-hmm. because J.J. Abrams built, bought into that shit and built on top of that shit with the puzzle box shit of right. mm-hmm. him coming up with an arbitrary, mysterious background and origin for Snoke and Rey, and obviously never had any solution for that because yeah, Ryan Johnson's been adamant. Like, when he was handed The, uh, the Last Jedi, like... J.J. Abrams was like, I, there's nothing. You build whatever you want, because I had no idea where any of this was going. <laughs> this, is, this is all just yeah. artifice. Well, and, and, what, I and love, what I love is that he uh, he not only wiped away every single one of those uh, stray threads, but he did it without damaging whatever thematic importance J.J. Abrams did put in The yeah, Force Awakens. Yeah, so it still works. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it still meshes, and it still builds upon what J.J. did. But, but it only it... works if you believe in the characters more than in, mm-hmm. more than the plot and the puzzle box yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, if you went into The Last Jedi looking for answers from The Force Awakens as a means to sort of strengthen and or validate The Force Awakens, yeah. you, you automatically win it. You, you are like Rey going down into that cave asking the wrong question. Yeah. In a way, yeah. it's right. as audacious as... People don't remember this, uh, but if you were alive at the time these original trilogy films came out, The Empire Strikes Back was a very audacious film because it challenged a lot of the um, expectations you had had from Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And it also said, hey, by the way, three years from now, I'll resolve this cliffhanger. Yeah. And and also it put its biggest battle at the front. I mean, it was a really ballsy movie. People forget that. This movie in its own way is just as audacious, Mm -hmm. but in a completely different way. To me, the central... This movie's ideas can be boiled down to one scene, and it's the scene where Yoda shows up yeah. and talks to Luke because mm-hmm. he says what the audience says: "Hey, Luke, it's great to see you again." That's yeah. the first thing he says, just like we're thinking. And then he goes, "Okay, so you see all that lore, all those books from yeah. the expanded universe? <laughs> Set them on fire." Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then he goes, yeah. uh, "They were real page turners, weren't they?" And by the way, he's not just talking about all the lore; he's kind of, I think, in some ways, talking about the prequels. Yeah, real page turners, weren't they? Talking about how that was my favorite line in the fucking film. Yeah, yeah. I was, be- yeah. It's a little bit of a sick burn against the the prequels in a meta kind well, of. Well, I mean, like, it's, it's... I loved that whole scene. Oh. It was so good. And you can even extrapolate further. Like Mike brought this up uh, earlier that you could sort of see some sort of metatextual commentary on the making of Star Wars itself yeah. as Ray and Luke are talking, and then Yoda shows up to talk to Luke. Mm-hmm. If if the Jedi texts. The, the sacred Jedi texts are supposed to be a sort of symbolic stand-in for the prequels. You could sort of argue that Luke himself, because he's always been this, Luke is the insertion of Lucas. <laughs> he's George Lucas. He's George Lucas. Yeah. You've, got, you've got a crusty old man who has gotten tired of all the bullshit, decided to hide out on an he's island somewhere, yeah, and turned his back on all of it, shut himself off to all of it. Man. That's really interesting. Yeah, and well, that's immediately where my brain went. Like, if you're going to say that... Uh, the, the sacred Jedi texts are a metatextual commentary on the prequels themselves. It's hard not to then see that Luke is also still that self insert of George Lucas's back in 1977. Oh, I love this, Bobby. I love this. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and, then, and then Yoda himself is actually like what I've always thought him to be is like, is what Star Wars is. Yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> that's a really and great that way speaks, to put that. That Jimmy. speaks to my, my favorite moment is, one of the wills. is the amount of contempt that Luke greets Yoda with. 
Yeah. When he first appears, he just says, Master Yoda. <laughs> he just is so pissed to see that little, little ornery, annoying, but still lovable character. And I love it's this just, the relationship from The Empire ah. Strikes Back where he's just a gleeful little troll fucking yeah. shit up. And, and, my and favorite Yoda? Luke yeah, is just, I think I'm, oh, fuck. Well, yeah. and, and Yoda says everything that's important about the movie in that one little beautiful yeah, elegant all, yeah. speech. Mm-hmm. He goes, first of all, he goes, that's the key. all the lore doesn't matter. All the puzzles don't matter. Set it on fire. Then he goes, great to see you again. But then he goes, what matters is the person. Mm-hmm. I mean, he says what matters mm-hmm. is Ray and go help Ray. But what he's t- saying is what the movie's saying, which is characters are important. The growth of people moving forward, accepting your fails and learning from them. That's what Star Wars is about. Mm. Yeah. It's not about mm-hmm. who is Snoke. It's yeah. not about the lore. <laughs> it's not about yeah. gray Jedi and labeling everything. Yeah. It's not about you can only be special if your parents are special. Right. It's yes, absolutely I not about that. I loved the way that they ended up handling Ray's parentage. Well, uh, yeah. uh, when I was watching the movie, as soon as Luke, um, when she showed up and Luke didn't know who she was, it's like, okay, raise no one. And and when he called her um, Ray from nowhere, was the moment <laughs> that that I like really kind of knew. Yeah. And I loved I loved that little line. I liked him calling her that. And I I loved when she's confronting Kylo Ren and he's trying to like tell her like you have no place in this story. You're nobody. Uh, just the well, the, he's yeah, the, he's saying this is the, the, the moment story. Of, Who are you to inject yeah. yourself into this? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it was mwah. Oh this, my God. Uh, her, her her being yeah. like no, I, like that's she does and have that's a place how the this? fans like, are react. I mean, imagine the yeah that like no, this is yeah th- th- this this movie is democratizing. Not just the Force, but Star Wars in general. Seeing the Force, yes. the Star Wars is for everybody. Doesn't yeah. matter who you are, where you come exactly. from, what you want to mm-hmm. do. Just do right by yourself. Do right by other people. Well, and that's, that's all you need. Well, and that's why the ending, the very ending of the film, works despite the fact stylistically. I don't know if it should be there, it's but a, I, yeah, but I, I couldn't, I could not argue for its removal specifically because stylistically, it's completely in keeping with the film in that where you think a Star Wars movie needs to go is absolutely not where it needs to go. And also because... It's doing it, this deconstructionist. It, 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 it's yeah, it's explaining it's, to you, it's it's yeah. 100% the exclamation point on the theme of this film, which it's is... talking about Star Wars. There is some nobody somewhere who is tapped into this thing and is looking at the stars right now, holding a broomstick in their hand and imagining all the great <laughs> things they can be so long as they are true to themselves and they believe. You need the end you Whoa. need that. Even though Star Wars rules sort of dictate the film should iris out on the resistance on the Falcon celebrating the love or whatever. Like you would think. And the music yeah. is doing that too. The music is saying, oh no, this is where we're going to end. And then instead it flashes to white. And then Ryan Johnson is like, let me just remind you one more time what Star Wars is actually all you about. You should read mm-hmm. the art book. Yeah. Because there's a little bit at the end where Ryan Johnson says... I know everyone uh, even starts off the thing about the the, the the art book talking about like his conversations with the artists like talking about okay what is Star Wars what does Star Wars look like and then everything and then of course everyone's talking about the surface level stuff and he ends the book he's talking about what Star Wars really is even more lightsaber battles or even characters he is, he says something essentially I, I'm paraphrasing here but like when you were six years old and you opened up an action figure and just all the potential of the world that you felt. Just being connected to that universe, that's what Star Wars is. Oh, that's very interesting. It's just the openness of just mm-hmm. what can be. The, mm-hmm. the potential of everything that's out there. 
and mm. that's what he wanted, and that's what that ending of the movie is—just yeah. a kid. You you can't the, the you can't pull that ending just... out. You can't pull that ending out. Yeah. Well, what's interesting no, is you're right. Yeah. That shot of the Falcon with a porg on R two D two and all that—it's very self consciously evoking the Ewok party. Yeah, it's at Return the of the end Jedi of Return of the Jedi. It is literally the shot of them all almost looking like they're dancing a little bit, mm-hmm. spread out in kind of an mm-hmm. awkward way in the frame. Yeah. And then yeah, you're right. I was a little. I felt that little paying of like oh i thought that was going to be the ending i that that looked like the perfect shot out and i feel like almost that extra shot of like you're saying it's basically like this fight will go on forever there will forever be new generations of people doing this Mm -hmm. um i almost felt like when i got to the end of that with that final scene you could almost have ended the entire star wars saga on that moment basically saying this fight never ends it just gets recycled that's Mm -hmm. That, that you could almost have, if they never made another Star Wars movie, that would be the perfect ending to it all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, by the way, thematically, yeah, exactly, yeah. Just mm. yeah. can I share one other little insight? Speaking of if Luke is Lucas, that's really yes. interesting. Okay, so <laughs> Love it. there's a great scene where <laughs> Kylo Ren, as the internet fanboy goes, put every gun you have on. Luke Skywalker standing in the middle of the field. Okay, and then they just blast the living shit out of him, and then he's still standing there. That's the internet turning on Lucas for the prequels. Yeah, yeah. And and he just he brushes his shoulder off, and 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 Hux is. Oh, do you think you got him? Yeah, because you didn't you didn't get him. I like the idea of an animated gif of Luke then holding up a check for four billion dollars and then yeah flaking the, the shit off his yeah. shoulder. <laughs> although although we've talked a lot about the themes, uh, we've actually talked almost entirely about themes and character. Um, we should talk about yeah, we haven't really talked about the mechanics of the film. yeah uh, Conley yeah. Conley. What jumped out at you while you were watching? Like what moments? What visuals uh, jumped out at you? Yeah, what did you um, love? Well. Uh, all of it. I have a, I have a list of like stuff I loved, and as far as moments, um, let's see. I had like that it it delivered a lot of the stuff that I've talked about wanting in Star Wars for a really long time now, which was um like someone calling the Jedi out on their hypocritical bullshit. Yeah, they're vanity. Yeah. Luke and Luke. and that the. The force is more than just the Jedi and like that was and all that. Here. And yeah. and um, I loved the sort of balance of the movie between like not deifying your heroes, but not like throwing them away either. Like like learning from them. So anyway, I, I loved that moment with Luke. Um, I loved um, the moment with Yoda, of course, uh, getting some good fun. Empire Strikes Back style correct Yoda. Um, <laughs> was that actually a puppet? Yeah, it was, was a puppet. That? Oh, that oh, was so. Yeah, I, I was joking. Yeah, absolutely. That, like, you could almost feel the Made in Mexico stamp on the back of like the <laughs> like whatever rubber puppet they pulled out of storage. But yeah. Oh man. Um. So going into, uh, I I definitely cried for like half the movie. <laughs> um. The the opening scene with uh, Rose's sister yeah, in me. the in the bomber like that was really well done yeah yeah but before the movie started uh, I I had like a little people in Japan like carry around kind of handkerchiefs with them a bunch because oh, yeah? there's not towels in a lot of public bathrooms or it's hot in summer whatever so I like had one in my purse so I was like I'm gonna pull this out just in case just Aww. in case of tears and within like you know five minutes of the movie starting I was like oh thank god I'm so glad I brought this with me <laughs> it was just like already welling up but the biggest um there were a couple things that like really made me cry um both involving Leia. And, I was about to say um, that we have not oh, yeah. talked about her at all. 
Yeah. Yes. Uh, from the time I was a kid and watching these movies, like, um, I, I love Leia, obviously, as, as so many people did. Um, and we, we, like I said, we watched the original trilogy right before going to see this. And I was talking to Jimmy while we were watching Return of the Jedi and saying that um, when I was a kid, like, this movie made me feel so, like, weird and conflicted and kind of disappointed because I loved Leia so much and she got to like show up in this cool bounty hunter outfit at the beginning of it and that was like the coolest thing ever and then she was immediately like punished for it and put in her golden bikini and made to be like a slug slave for the next part of the movie (laughs) yeah and then she um like they go on to Endor and she's gonna be all cool but she gets knocked off her speeder bike right away while Luke gets to go do all the cool shit and she sends the middle part of the movie in a dress hanging out with teddy bears and crying. And when I was, like, watching that when I was a kid, I was like, what the hell is this? Like, yeah. what's going on? Um, and and um, it, it, it just felt like, you know, in that they reveal that Leia is Luke's sister and she's a Skywalker too and she could have all these powers. But instead she gets to, like just sit down there while everyone else goes and does all the cool stuff. And and all I wanted to see when I was a kid was Leia get to like tap into the force. And, and, and um, so when uh, Leia gets shot out into, well, when the bridge gets blown up, it actually happened so suddenly that I was so shocked that I like didn't cry or anything. I immediately burst into tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, well, it seems like, like that's it for her, and, and especially um, since you know in real life that well, she's passed away. Well, it's weird because it kind of right. kicks you so, out in a meta way. So I was, you know... I was just kind of stunned. So, yeah. But when, when they go back to her in space and it starts um, playing the sort of little like gentle version of Leia's theme the tears started kind of welling up a little bit but when leia finally gets to like use the force and it transitions from leia's theme like to the force theme and then like back into this sort of like big dramatic triumphant version of leia's theme i was bawling in the theater (laughs) just like crying my eyes out (laughs) it was bad yesterday i was like okay i'm gonna listen to the soundtrack uh, and when it got to that point in the music, I was yeah. like, I got this. And then just immediately oh. like burst into tears no. on the couch. You don't got this. I don't got this. John Williams is going to make sure you don't got that. No, yeah. yeah John, exactly. John Williams is, in that moment is so perfect because that's the quietest you have ever heard Princess Leia's theme yes. in any recording. Yeah. He's just doing it. It's on the celeste and the celeste is just very quietly chiming those notes out. And as it's happening, you are dead certain that is the funeral dirge. It's sort of like when when yeah. Anakin finally dies in Return of the Jedi, and they play the Imperial March on a single pi- on, on yeah. you know, in single yeah. piano notes. That's what you think is happening, and then Leia's theme mm-hmm. does what Leia's theme always does, which is build on itself. It it mm-hmm. keeps doubling on it's itself the best and trebling on itself. Snowball John Williams has ever composed. It is yeah. so beautiful mm-hmm. how that, and that's what the music starts doing. And as it's ramping up, you're starting to realize. And Johnson has her move at just the right moment in the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, oh my God. And then she, the fact that she manifests the force as her theme swells and she just yes. straight up supermans back to the bridge 
is amazing. I like yeah. I could I could I could hear Bobby, my wife. I could hear her sort of sniffling next to me, mm-hmm. and I was trying <laughs> I was trying at that point not to laugh. Not and when I laugh, I don't always laugh because I think something is funny. No, but a lot of times just... I will laugh because I am just so happy to see something. So delighted, totally. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was just the surprise because it's still just even if it's, you know, it's fucking funny, amazing. It's... That's the first time I've yeah. seen Leia manifest the Force, and she basically puts a bubble up around her and floats back in the vacuum of space into her bridge. She is getting her yes. ship back. That's yeah, beautiful. I, yeah. like, it's, it's all I wanted to see since I was a kid and I cried a lot. And then, <laughs> of course, the other, <laughs> the other moment I cried a bunch involving Leia being at the end, I was, again, I was okay when Luke and Leia get reunited. Mm. I thought I might cry, but I was fine. I was fucked uh, up. And, and well, by fine, I mean not openly weeping. I mean like just some tears rolling up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, until um, like the moment of Luke like holding her hand and saying, "No one's ever really gone." Mm-hmm. And then like I, then the tears came, and I was definitely still like in tears until the end of the movie when we left the theater, yeah. <laughs> like all I, welled up just mm. just from that. No, that that, mo- that moment is when I first saw it. Um, and I was talking about this yesterday. When I first saw it, that moment did not register to me as Luke and Leia. That moment registered to me as Mark and Carrie. Which yes, I mean, yeah. exactly. I, I, I well, stepped exactly. outside of the book. register that now yeah. too with all the context that. that, that that's well, that's exactly what it with, was. Like, like as yeah. soon as as soon yeah. as he touched her face and said, Fuck. "No one's ever really gone," like I was like, mm-hmm. "That's okay. All right, we're yeah. That's that's yeah, the sock I, to the I chest. I couldn't emotionally deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that made me. <laughs> well, I guess that, Mark. That. I guess Mark Hamill has said something along those same lines. I I believe there's an interview with Anthony Bresnikin that just went live uh, today as we're recording this, and he was talking to Mark, and Mark is like, "I can't watch that scene." No, I. Mm, yeah. yeah, I can't. Even watch as a fan it. going I, I back to watch that. it a second time, I would be. Yeah. Mm. Ryan Johnson actually credits Carrie Fisher uh, as a co-writer on the yeah, film. I don't, think, I don't remember if she got the actual script credit. She did not. No, but, but he spent a lot mm-hmm. of time discussing because he's a famous script doctor yeah. outside yeah. of You know she took actor. the script, took a shit, <laughs> at least made some notes. That, to, yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she brought a lot to mm-hmm. that. You she can, cannot I, I, not do that, yeah. I would love to know what kind of character input she had on the original trilogy oh, characters. With well, what's funny, yeah. is that, what's funny is that the... Uh, the Superman moment, which I'm seeing a lot of, uh, I'll just straight up say it, assholes online calling the Mary Poppins moment. Uh, the mm-hmm. Superman moment wasn't really her idea. It was Kathleen Kennedy's. Kathleen Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy was a lot like you were, Conley, in that she was like, mm-hmm. I want to see her have a Force moment, and she hasn't had one yet. Why is that not happening in this movie? And so Ryan comes back and is like, I got, I got a moment for her. I got a great moment for her. Mm-hmm. And, she, and he gives it to Carrie, and Carrie was like, that's pretty cool. I, I want the I, I like the line about getting the head out of the cockpit like like yeah. Carrie, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. even when Carrie is presented with <laughs> yeah. one of the biggest hero oh, yeah. moments in all of Star Wars what she is most concerned about is the really cool dialogue that she gets to deliver and yes. also oh, holding absolutely. the gun absolutely well, well one of her yeah, best I mean, moments is her just Leia. shooting Poe yeah like yeah. Yeah. it's great to see you yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah I mean that's that's Leia and that that's the stuff that's important but just just that moment was like. Uh, it was almost uh, tears of like relief <laughs> of like getting to see this thing I've wanted for so long. Yeah. But yeah. well, but um, uh, oh shoot, I lost my train of thought. 
gone. What other moments? Just j- just jump to another moment. I yeah. guarantee you're gonna remember what it was while you're reminiscing on something uh, else. Oh God. Um, no, it's gone. Well, for for me, it's just like. Let's well. I just want to keep talking about Carrie Fisher here for a moment. Yeah, yeah, that, um, that's fine. And what <clears throat> what I really loved about The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi is how much they've let um, the actors from the original trilogy like they're not just playing these characters. Like they they are these characters. Like Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill are Luke and Han and Leia, and they let their real personalities shine through in these films and it's so good to see so much of like who Carrie Fisher really is and what she represents to everyone yes as herself and Leia on that screen and with Mark Hamill too like how we know Mark Hamill in the public eye is reflected a lot on this screen and it's just really I love that they let these actors do that with these characters in these films well I saw that with Harrison Ford in uh, Blade Runner 2049 too earlier this year is that one thing I like about that generation of actors is that they haven't tried to hold on to their youth. Mm. All of them very mm. much. Ford yeah. did this in Blade Runner and also in Force Awakens, where it's like, no, I'm this age. Yeah. He's aging like Eastwood. You know, he's like, I'm this age. I'm still kind of cool, but I'm cool like an old guy is cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Who has uh, some regrets and I, baggage? I've got it. I've remembered. It was a quick aside. It was. It was in regards to. Um, to the scene with Leia in space. I've also seen people complaining about it. And I, I've seen lots of, like, assholes talking about the movie online and very blatantly being like, uh, it was full of, like, women and it had a diverse <laughs> cast and I don't care and it was a dumb SJW movie. Really blatantly about it. Mm. But, uh, like, those people are, are jerks. But... For the people who I've also seen complaining about the scene with Leia, I'm also judging them. Yeah. Like, to be frank, because, like, she's a Skywalker, too. Yeah. Like, yep. so so Luke is able to do all this, like, rad stuff, uh, and Vader, and Kylo, all these other people in the Skywalker family are able to do all this stuff, and you don't blink an eye. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Leia does one big cool thing with the Force, you're like, uh, super unrealistic. Um, why would she possibly be able to do that? And, like, mm-hmm. why is no one surprised and stuff? Like, well, I don't want to take anything I'm away judging from you. Leia, but, I mean, all she is doing is flying through the weightlessness of space. But, like, all she is, is doing is pulling herself through the door through the weightlessnesses. I mean, compared to the other Force things we've seen in these movies, that's not like the... It's not like she's, like, throwing a ship... At somebody, yeah, but it's also I mean, the it's first... unexpected because we've never seen. Leia well, that's what I'm that. saying. Like, like the first like... time you yeah. ever see her use the force, but it's she... still fucking badass. She's surviving in space and yeah. propelling herself yeah. back to her ship. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. She's doing that's an amazing awesome. thing. So for yeah. for, for the grabbed... people who are like not blinking an eye at any of the uh, male members of the Skywalker family well, doing a cool thing, again, but yeah. suddenly it's... when Leia does it, it's like dumb and unrealistic. Well, it's like, people, again, trading mm-hmm. like a video game, because we have not seen her mm-hmm. reach level 2.0 mm-hmm. in Force Power 6. Like, yeah, like, it's, 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 right. yeah, it's... The only way that scene could have been cool is if she'd come back clutching Admiral Ackbar's severed head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By, by the way, one thing I would also note, here's a great rebuttal to oh. anybody who calls that Leia's Mary Poppins moment. Mm-hmm. Did you complain when Yondu did it in Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Because you yeah. thought it was cool then. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I... I so, 
even if you want to keep it in a Star Wars context, from what I understand, uh, something very similar to that has happened uh, on on Rebels, I believe. Oh yeah. Mm. And I don't remember anyone like being all pissed off that I think Kanan uh, somehow learned how to use the Force at some point, or instinctively used the Force to save himself from the vacuum of space. Like so. Yeah. There's not rules to this. That's part of the point no, of this movie. No. There's no fucking rules got, to know. You think right, you know exactly. what the rules are. And you don't. You don't. The Force has awakened. Shit is different now than what you thought it was. And that's okay. Because the idea that it needs to be running along some sort of power ladder that you can sort of look at objectively and say you need to put in X number of hours in in Y montage yeah. before I will unlock power set D for you. That's backwards. That's silly. That works for video games. That doesn't work for movies. That doesn't work for well, storytelling. They, people people are upset because they, they don't think she's unlocked force level 12 or yeah. whatever the yeah, hell Yeah, she's cheating like, the game yeah, somehow. Yeah. This, yeah. this is more spiritual. Not crude matter or this. Yeah. What the fuck Yoda said. Yeah. <laughs> Luminous yeah. beings are we... Not, not that that's an excuse. You can't do anything arbitrarily with the Force, but at least if it's in service to a character and still makes sense within the story, mm. that's fine. Yeah, if that's it's reinforcing the theme, if it's reinforcing the themes of the story and it's, it's adding to the characters in that and story, and you're not just making shit up out of whole cloth. She is a Skywalker. It's it's, it's not crazy. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really need right. it doesn't really need justification. No, no, no. Yeah. Anyway, that that that's my. My input on that. <laughs> I, Moving I just on want to touch to a, on one thing before we move. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, just going back to Leia and Luke uh, on Crate Base, there was a moment where I was transported back to when I first saw the uh, first saw Return of the Jedi. It's the first time I ever paid for a movie ticket by myself. Oh wow! Paid uh, paid for it with the but like the fifty cents allowance my parents would give me for like whatever allowance you give like to a fucking eight year old like <laughs> I like I brushed my teeth and that was like the allowance I remember and then I was yeah transported to being eight year old Billy Mudrin in a movie theater like in 1983 mm-hmm. like Luke and Leia like the Luke and Leia like theme the music actually got sitting. used yeah it's mm-hmm. funny because like yeah. everyone laughs at that scene in Return of the Jedi now because it is such a maudlin like bad, poorly acted <laughs> probably the worst scene in the original trilogy it is the worst acting scene in the original trilogy the yes. music and just those two actors together and the heart of just those yeah oh my god I, I was transported it was, and mm-hmm. there's one other transported moment I'll talk about later when we talk about Luke's ending. But like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's well. It's, what do, What do you think? The, well, go. I mean, well, what do you go think ahead? The, we can hop back. Yeah, <laughs> we, no. yeah. What, what, what were your Bill? We were all yeah, going around well, the round table. What were your holy shit moments? One last in this? thing with Luke and the, uh, you know, his apparition. Mm-hmm. Everyone's complaining about how Luke just throws away the, the Skywalker saber at the beginning. That is redeemed by the fact that <laughs> he. It's when he. When he, when he projects himself at his most ideal version of himself, he's got his fucking yeah. lightsaber. Yeah, he's got he's got that, that lightsaber. When he goes out, that is his best version of himself. He's got that fucking saber in his hand, mm. and that's the movie. Not tricked me or anything, but I tricked myself because like, at the very end, and you see that it was a trick, and yeah. Luke is on that fucking island, mm-hmm. and he's sick. Part of me was fucking eight years old, I guess, because I'm like, Luke Skywalker, he's my fucking hero. He's hurt. <laughs> Yeah. Who's gonna oh. save him? How is he gonna get out of this? It's Luke Skywalker. No. Yeah. But then he crawls up onto that plinth and gets into that pose, and he just fades away. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> like, yeah, he's gonna go out. He's gonna go out in the best way. But like, mm-hmm. totally. Like, there was a moment where I was a little kid. I was like, 
It's Luke Skywalker. He's hurt. How is he going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. It was the most childish reaction, but it was in no, the best kind of way. I don't, I don't like, think it was childish no, either. I think that, oh I think God, that's yeah. I think that's part I'm of the not, reaction. No, part, you should say, you think I'm weepy now? <laughs> oh my God! I was just in the theater, just going. Oh, that's part yeah. of what Ryan Johnson I think, <laughs> is going for in that yeah. moment. I think he absolutely wants you to be like what. But it also ties back into the fact that once again he keeps Ryan Johnson in this film keeps seeding all of those important moments earlier in the film, whether you realize it or yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Luke straight up tells the audience, "I came to this island to die," and yeah. when he says it, he's expecting to die quietly, ashamed, and out of the way. He went to that island and he died, being the legend that he was trying to run from with no audience. Yes. With no audience. Yes. Nobody yes, looking no at audience. him. Again, doing, a big doing the, the best movie. that he could. Like, and you also have Kylo yeah. specifically saying, "Do you know how much power and how much energy and how much effort it would take to actually project yourself into the spot where I am right now?" Like, he actually straight up mentions, "You know how taxing you it would have be to be." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Luke, at the end of the movie, not only goes to that planet to die what in the best about? fucking way possible, even mm-hmm. though he didn't know what that meant when he went yeah. there. He shows how powerful he truly is by doing it the way that he did it. So, I mean, like, it comes full circle in ways that you weren't expecting. And this is partially why people are saying when you go and see it the second time, it socks you in the chest even harder. Because it makes sense within the fiction of itself. Yeah, you see all the foreshadowing that you didn't even know to look for until after the film ends. That's what I'm saying. They killed Luke Skywalker in that movie. Like, Luke Skywalker is my hero. Even more than Han Solo or anyone else. I mean, of course, a billion people can say that. Especially anyone my age. But then, like, (laughs) they did it right, though. This is is kind of like the Star Trek II Wrath of Khan of Star Wars movies where... Mm -hmm. That's the only way Spock could have gone out. Yeah. stuff. That is the kind of Spock death where it's not like Luke sacrificing himself in the same Christ, Christ-like way that Spock did, but it is, if you're going to knock that character out, yeah. that is the way that fucking character goes. That yeah. is, you did a good yeah. job. You know, like, like, it's, like it, is so, it is so Trump tight. Not only did all that setup and payoff happen that I just mentioned, but while that is happening... What is Ray doing to make sure that his sacrifice is right. not in vain? She's lifting rocks. Yes. <laughs> Which yes. you made fun of oh, earlier. So good. Yeah. Yeah. As being unimportant. Yeah. How fucking Trump tight yeah. is this script? And then to see people yeah. say, nothing happens. Get the fuck out of here, nothing happens. Yeah. See how finely tuned everything happens in this film? I do like when they reveal the, yes. the salt foxes are just squeezing out of the tiny holes and Poe's just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. that kind of cracked me up. Yeah. No, that's right, neither here nor there, but like, that's... Yeah. All right, so, but what, what, other cool mo- what other cool moments jumped out at you? Um, oh, man. I made a list. Can I go through mine go, real quick? Go this for is it. all the stuff. I, I thought there were about probably for me seven to ten holy shit moments of this yeah. movie. There's and a that, lot. We've been talking a lot in this about the ideas of the movie because I think it has a lot of meat on the bone again. But mm. it also has you know Just it's not moments, like it's devoid yeah. of entertainment value. This you know it, it also has massive entertainment value. I loved, for example, Poe's whole opening gambit. Yeah. Even though the movie oh, spends yeah. a lot of time oh. deconstructing Poe. Poe's yeah, opening they, gambit they... where he's on hold. He goes, am I on hold? And then he goes around <laughs> mm-hmm. and he blows everything up and takes on the whole dread up by himself. That's a fantastic Poe moment. I love so that. Fantastic. And and him flying that X-Wing felt so like 
physical. Like mm-hmm. it was him cool. getting like thrown around in the cockpit and just like really yeah, feeling all of those break, like crazy stop. moves. Where he has to yeah. brace himself yeah. in yeah. the cockpit to like the yeah to, the, mm-hmm. to withstand the turn in that. Oh I yeah, I loved all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Leia, of course Leia's badass force moment, which you've already discussed. Uh, we have not discussed probably the ultimate holy shit moment. Oh movie, yeah, which is yeah. which is the light speed shot into the uh, first order fleet. I'm hearing people calling it since since the film is so heavily uh, inspired by Battlestar Galactic. I'm going to go ahead and say heavily because it is. Yeah. Um, people are calling that the Holdo maneuver. <laughs> it's great. It's I mean, fucking amazing. That gorgeous it shot of the fractal sort of splitting of of light. Well, shit is anime as hell. Oh, yeah. it is. And yeah. people have already dropping in anime. We, yeah, we've already, yeah, yeah. We, there's there's already a, a. It's not quite an animated GIF. It's like a little GIF V or whatever it's called, like a With little sound, video. Yeah. Someone took uh, audio of, from a Fist of the North Star and laid it one to one on paper. That's and it fits perfectly. Like basically. Uh, Hux is saying some shit, and they dub uh, they dub over "You are already dead" over Holdo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then the sound effects go. The, the ships that that late seventies anime sound of shing 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 shing. Of just oh, like totally. it fits like, perfectly. Oh my god, it it's looks like beautiful. Message, uh, message, message from space. It, it was beautiful. Yeah. And as a kid who again, uh, Dr. Ellie Sattler was very important too. Mm-hmm. I no. I uh, I was really really happy that Holdo didn't turn out to be like a villain or yeah. something like that. And and yeah. it was uh, well, it made me really Brian happy. Johnson, the art of a uh, Star Wars book, talks about how. Well, he already knew that people would already be kind of like, you know, that the, the, they would be as distrustful as Poe would be against this, like, fake Leia replacement. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. the fact that he went out of his way to, like, dress her up so she doesn't look like she should be there. She's not, like, She looks like she wandered in out of the Hunger Games. Yeah, so Poe's extra just for, like, who the fuck are you? But it's fucking Lord Dern! Mm-hmm. You don't fuck with Lord Dern! Yeah. I do love the fact, yeah, she is... Played straight, she is a badass. And even the fact that the, we saw the trailer for the, sh- the shitty new trailer for the shitty new Jurassic Park movie, Ugh. just showing, like, mm. you get the real Jurassic Park. You got the real, yeah, exactly, Ellie Sattler in this movie. And I just uh, extra appreciate, I uh, I went to the, uh, we saw the movie together, and also our friends Annie and Foley saw it with us. And Annie started weeping in the car afterwards, just like, yeah. but Aww. all the ladies stuff in this movie, and even the fact that Holden yeah. and Leia have a moment yeah. before mm-hmm. Leia yeah. leaves. Yes. Like the fact that, that we took time to do huge. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just... that, that made me, more than anything, more than like Holdo dying or anything like that, like that was what made me cry a little bit in the theater was that yeah. they. That's I mean they let Leia and, and Holdo cool. have this moment that they they weren't like butting heads or anything like that that it yeah. wasn't this mm-hmm. like rivalry that no, instead they were allowed to be like close close friends like that that made me cry a little no, bit. No that was what yeah. was interesting to me is that that moment with Holdo and Leia and the moment at the very beginning with Paige are the two mm-hmm. it's basically Ryan Johnson is not only cleaning up all of the weird loose ends that JJ left dangling he's also doing JJ because that opening yeah. with Paige is a straight up J.J. Abrams moment. It's the 100%. opening of Star Trek. It's the opening of Star. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All it's missing is the Giacchino like piano. Ding. Yeah. Ding ding. Yeah. And then, like, and, then yeah. and then he does it and then he does it again with Leia and Holdo having their conversation before Leia gets on the last transport. And like both those moments are tiny little short films that you could lift out of the movie itself plunk in front of somebody who doesn't even know that they're watching Star Wars and it is going to elicit that same emotional reaction. It's mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's so beautifully well built. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The other yeah. thing we have not discussed yet is I think there's a case to be made 
that the samurai style uh, melee mm. fight that happens in Snoke's headquarters with um, Kylo and Rey might be the greatest lightsaber battle in That's all of the films. Exactly what I was thinking while I was watching it. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. That was so good. Um, that the whole um, sequence of Ray and Kylo and Snoke in there, I loved it. Like it, it was. It um, it's nuts. It, it felt so um, obvious that like, why should Kylo continue following this guy when Kylo's whole deal is like he he has this extremely inflated opinion of himself. Like yeah. he's he's Darth Vader's like grandson, and he like wants to be as powerful as Darth Vader, and like he has this this big opinion of him being this like, extreme badass. And he he like turned on Luke. He was uh, manipulated by Snoke, whatever, whatever. But he 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 turned on Luke. Um, he feels like Luke betrayed him. And it, it's obvious at this point that Snoke isn't giving him the respect that he, like, craves and that he wants. So it makes complete sense that he would turn on Snoke. But that doesn't mean that he's, like, Turning turned good, turned yeah. good yeah. to the I light like side that. or anything yeah. like that. It's, so, it's not quite so binary. It's a brilliant fake-out. Right. Because yeah. for a while they yeah. think, oh, it's going to be one thing and then it's another. It, it's just like what happens with Holdo. Mm-hmm. He basically yes. sets when, up one expectation and then immediately follows it, seems to fulfill the expectation and immediately reverses it on you. Mm-hmm. When I when I talked at the beginning about how there were things that while I was watching the movie, I was unsure about, um, and that by the end of the movie, I was like, oh, no, wait, that was great. Um, one of those things was the arc with Poe, um, and then the other one was Kylo, because it's been so assumed by everyone that Kylo is going to like be brought to the light side and be turned good, and I don't want that. Um, but I kind of <laughs> resigned myself to like, all right, it's probably going to happen. So <laughs> as might. the movie, it still could. No, it's it still not. Might, no, but I don't. No, no, no. Yeah, but no. Shit is, no, yeah. shit is cut so, off. Shit is cut. Yes. Look, you had Leia yeah. say, "I know it can't I happen." Know. You had Luke yeah. say, "I know it can't so, happen," and Ray is yeah, like, so, "Oh, buddy." You dip. I gave you your shot. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. I I I I don't want it to happen, and you I mean, like, like kind of resign myself to it. No, I don't want that little <laughs> shit to be given a second shit. Like I, I, I he. Well, fuck people that guy. also assume so, redemption means that he's like like any, you get ally, but yeah, that's the yeah, anyway. Ally, but yeah. Anyway, so I had kind of like resigned myself to it, and been like, well, all right. So as the movie was going on, I'm like okay, okay, and when they got to that scene in the throne room, and he kills Snoke. Like, they had that big, awesome fight, and I was like, well, I didn't really want Kylo to, like, have this big redemption moment and be turned, but, like, this is real cool, at least. I was expecting it'll probably happen, and at least this lightsaber fight is, like, amazing. Oh, well, <laughs> so, that whole fight against the red background yeah. with the stark colors, it's almost like something yeah. out of Hero. Yeah. Or, or, you know, some classic uh-huh. samurai well, film. Well, it's the Wizard totally. of Oz meets, like, the Red Room from, uh, uh, fucking, what's Twin Peaks? It's called Twin Peaks. Yes. Uh, meets, the Black Lodge. Yeah, the Black Lodge. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's oh, kind of an abstract set. Mm-hmm. Been, like, these kind of weird mm-hmm. abstract-looking Praetorian Guard dudes, and, 
But I just—it's quite. There's I like a surreal, to say there's about a the death of quality Snoke to that fight. That's really totally good. like when they just throw that one guy in that thing and he just shreds and explodes, and then you just barely <laughs> yeah. see it, and you're like, "Did I just watch a guy just get ground up?" Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then Ray Ray's got that one moment where they got her in a headlock or whatever, and she twists out of it and drops the saber, and then grabs it before it lands, takes off the guy's legs, and then takes off his head. Yeah. yeah. And you're yeah. just like, Jesus. Oh, and they're swapping yeah. sabers and shit, and they're literally oh, yeah. fighting back to back, and just... No, it's it's some, just, there's some John Wick shit going on. Yeah. It's yeah. also very physical. You feel the, even like the lightsaber duels I've enjoyed, like, God help me, I, I love the, uh, I like the Anakin... I like the Anakin Obi Wan fight at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, but I do feel like I'm watching two guys go through a series of rapid fire, highly choreographed moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this fight yeah. in Last Jedi felt very physical, sweaty, yeah. painful, yes. and you're almost improvised. Yeah. You're, you're hearing them grunt. Yes. you're yes. hearing slapping yeah. sounds. Like there's effort you're being people exerted. Get cut. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Ray was... catches a, a, a blade to her arm, if I remember correctly, and they don't mm-hmm. and they don't make any real big deal out of it. Like usually when that happens, like someone will catch a blade. They'll cut immediately to a shot really tight on the arm, and they'll yeah. either swing up or cut up to someone grimacing and then re-stealing themselves, pull back, and you see the two people about to go back at it again. This yeah. one's moving too quick for that. Yeah, yeah she gets just, cut, and yeah. she goes, ah! And the camera doesn't fucking move. It's just like, I guess that's part mm-hmm. of the fight, isn't it? And then the fight continues. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. amazing uh, how it brutal the so ballet good. is. Great fight. And then, uh, so I was, I was kind of resigned, but happy about the fight, and then at the end, it, uh, Mm-hmm. Kylo did not magically suddenly get turned to the good side, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Yeah. Well, they both did it so, for different reasons. He, he did it. Yeah, he he yeah, did yeah. it as a power play, mm-hmm. disguised, and he thought he mm-hmm. might win over the uh, win the girl over to his side as a bonus. Yeah. Do we see how that ends? Yeah. It, does it end with like I can't remember what like because it's not they just go their separate ways. Right? I mean, even though they, they touch hands, that's what they no no. The, you mean no? You mean the, the lightsaber explodes. Yeah, they pull oh, the lightsaber out. Oh, that's what it is. What the yeah. button on that scene was? Yeah. No, yeah, the, the, they yeah, pull the lightsaber. Yeah, the lightsaber explodes. Which yeah. they get knocked the down. The saber. I don't know uh, Kylo's do Kylo's knocked out. Yeah. Uh, Ray steals oh, Snoke's okay. transport, mm-hmm. and uh, Hux comes up and sees Kylo <laughs> knocked right. out. Oh, God, thinks like... about taking out his gun for a second. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that bit of business is great because it's the same movement just in reverse. Like he reaches into his jacket. And then Kylo makes a noise, and he just sort of pulls his hand back out. <laughs> like, some, like... <laughs> some of my favorite things in both The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, the funniest moments, are the, just the petty, bitter bullshit between Hux and Kylo. <laughs> I <laughs> love that shit so much. It's hilarious. Kylo and Hux are the... Are, it's, like, it's like watching the guys in Clerks, mm. where there's like so petty and just fighting and shit like that. You can tell these guys are told teens who grew up in this shitty organization... And Absolutely, just, it's mm-hmm. petty. It is fucking. They're they're the Chud. It's forms. high school bullshit. <laughs> and I'm it's really so curious. Now that wonderful. Snoke is dead, like what shape is the first order and going into? I mean, we could also just talk about like what the fuck is going on at the next. The Supreme Leader is dead. Like, Long live the Supreme Leader. Like I that's mean, it. Well, also I love. Oh yeah, I forgot Donald that actually kind of a great scene. Yeah. Doubled the hell down on his Monty Python interpretation of his well, character, especially at the very beginning, where it's like yeah. rolling his R's and. It's, oh, yeah, no, it's it's like well, he didn't really have a character in the Force Awakens. It was one of the things that sort of slipped by the wayside as yeah. that film came together and sort of just slipshod at ninety miles an hour race toward its own finish line. You sort of lose Hux, and you sort of, and you still sort of lose Phasma even in this movie. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. I think the solution to that uh, 
in this film was Ryan Johnson just saying, just, just fucking go all in on that. You are a crusty ginger piece of shit. Yeah. And you just... You're the worst Percy Weasley. Triple down on that as hard as you can. And he did. He he just sank his teeth yeah. into it. And it's, it's amazing. It's like, like the moment when they're on crate where Kylo gives an order and then... Hux, to feel useful, repeats that order. <laughs> and they hold for just yeah. a second as Kylo looks over and I'm like, man, what are you... Yeah, I just said that. <laughs> and then it gets flipped around again when, when Kylo goes apeshit. It's like, everyone fire everything. And he keeps screaming, no, more, more! And then it finally ends and Hux does that, you think you got him? Like, yeah. those mm-hmm. two are just both petty, vindictive, narrow-minded assholes, but on yep. just on just separate enough frequencies it's, it's, that they'll never not bounce off of each other. Daffy Duck and yeah. Porky Pig. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah, they're yeah. just like, lack of mutual respect on both sides is just palpable. I actually kind of hope yep. that they keep developing that. In yeah. the next I film, almost, you could have a lot of fun with that. Who else has Kylo totally. got to talk to now? It's kind of the only soundboard yeah. he has. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Hux, Hux You know what it is. You know what it is. Like, it is. Melissa, Maleficent has that crow. I guess that's the closest thing Kylo has. It's Megatron and Starscream. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. That is exactly yeah. what that is. That's exactly. That's what poor that Hux is. though. He's still always going to be that one action figure yeah. left on the store shelf. Oh yeah. yeah. Of course. I mean, that's the whole point of that character. Yeah. I, but Mike, do you know the young ones? Yeah. The, I, the, I, the show? show, the young ones. Did you yeah. recognize that like Hux's second command, who's like in the red lits? Uh, at the beginning of the, the, the whole Poe attack thing, that is Vivian from the Young Ones. No, he's just old and patient. Like I've gone back to look at pictures of him from that scene, I still don't recognize the guy. But that is Vivian, the punk from the Young Ones. Holy cow! <laughs> who is that's Aid Edmondson, who is like like aside from Hux, like the other main. Uh, uh, speaking of which, dude, you see let, in that movie? Let's let's do the cameo run. Oh yeah, uh, Michaela Michaela Cole Michaela Cole from Chewing Gum. She shows up mm. in this film. She I don't know who like the hell that is. One line. It's a great show. You should watch Chewing Gum. There we go. Uh, uh, I believe Joseph Gordon-Levitt is voicing the countrified alien that rats out Finn and Rose. Yes, I believe that. <laughs> I, I saw sure he got a vocal yeah. credit. Yeah. I'm, pr- so I'm, pr- I'm almost definitely certain that's him then. Okay. Uh, uh, Kid Blue, uh, Noah Segan, is an A wing. He's him. an A wing pilot. Yeah. Uh, he gets, I think, two scenes. He doesn't speak at all. Because he uh, would just be a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I... Ryan Johnson's in the trench. No, 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 that's Gareth Edwards. I'm sorry, I, I meant Gareth, Gareth Edwards. Edwards. Gareth Edwards, pardon me, Gareth Edwards is in the trench, commenting, <laughs> almost looking like he's commenting the fact that he's in a different, that he's, yeah. uh, of the movie he's watching. No, yeah, 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 no, that, like, he's the, he's the one who reacts to the foreshadowing of the footsteps. Yeah. When the, when the one guy puts his finger in the, in the guy's footsteps. In the they point out that was Gareth Edwards, and they were upset because he showed him and said, oh, all these costumes are just from Rogue One, and they're like, no, it's not from Rogue One, this is like a totally different movie, shut up, bro. Gareth Edwards. <laughs> it's kind of like a funny, just how in the text of the book, they're like, just being petty, like, no, this is I, totally I believe the two British princes got oh, yeah. cut out according to jo- John Boyega, but... They are just stormtroopers? Yeah, they were stormtroopers, but I believe, and this is just my guess, I haven't had this confirmed, but my guess is that the Tom Hardy stormtrooper is the one that Trash Can BB-8 bumps into. Like, oh, yeah. Um, There's not too yeah. many stormtroopers that, like, you could point out as, like, that no. stormtrooper did this or anything. Were you guys... Unless yeah. he's, like, the executioner stormtrooper. Maybe. Were you guys disappointed in, uh, in Phasma? Because... No. No. Okay. All right. Uh, like, like, Phasma isn't meant to be, like, a really huge a major character. character, I don't think. Yeah. She's, like... Well, she's I, another cog in the machine. It's, it's not like she was in the movie for a lot less time than, like, Boba Fett in Empire Strikes Back, and people still think he's cool. She's she's just a minor character. She's just a, a part of the 
fabric of the world. She's she. Do you think she's actually dead? I think she'll be back with. I think she'll be back with an eye patch in the next. They they could they could bring her back, but like. Yeah, that's that's pretty dead. Like she fell yeah. into a big fiery pit. Yeah, I don't think yeah. they should bring her back. Like, she got thrown into a trash can with a with a planet that blew up. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I think I think Finn's new rival is DJ or whatever his name is. What's up? I think Finn's new rival is DJ. I think he'll be hunting that asshole down in the next <laughs> movie. Oh um, yeah, that's interesting. What do you guys think of yeah. DJ? Uh, DJ uh, was one of the DJ was one of the few things about this film I didn't really like. I well, mm-hmm. he, he's meshed with the Canto Bite stuff, where it's just kind of like this. I could see I, where you're going, but it could could have been done better. No, my, my my problem is purely because I like what he represents and I like how it's carried well, out. The voice it, of cynicism. Well, yeah, and I like how yeah. that's carried out. My my problem is purely with uh, Del Toro's performance in that it's essentially uh, a little bit. It's like if you took Lewis from Twelve Monkeys. You know that part where he's sedated and he's got the ponytail and he's back out in in human life, Brad Pitt's character? Yeah. Take that and then add a stutter. And that's yeah, all Benicio I, Del Toro was doing. I'm I'm completely with you on that. Like yeah. I that's kind of how I felt too. I I didn't mind the character like as a character, as like what he was in the movie, what he represented, where he was playing both sides and selfish. That didn't bother me. It was yeah, I didn't like He's um, an affectation more than a character. Yeah, and that's the, yeah, and that's the thing. Exactly. The, affect, the affectation choice that Benicio del Toro chose. I'm um, just just be Benicio Benicio del Toro. I will never complain yeah. about an eccentric Benicio del Toro performance. <laughs> I, I love I love him in The Usual Suspects, yeah. and he's just as twitchy here in a different way. And I found it hugely entertaining. I don't know. I, like if he if he had played it more like he had played the lawyer in uh, Inherent Vice. Mm. Like that, that would have been, I would have been all right with that. I would have been okay with that. But that, that weird sort of twitchy, what's up doc, Brad Pitt and 12 monkeys thing that he was doing. I'm like, eh. wasn't there a lot to grab onto? Yeah. It, it like graded that. on just... me a little bit. That's, that's my only real problem with DJ. Not well, buying no closure figure. on DJ because he just walks off well, with that's... the money and goes, yep, yeah. I screwed you guys over. Bye. Yep. Well, that's kind of the point and of I'm the character saying, yeah. a little bit is that he's yeah. just, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we'll ever see him again. I think the whole point is that he shows up. He's, he's the antidote to Rose where Rose is all like. It's all about protecting people and, and being good and not even being good, but just like hope, hope, hope. Uh, he's just he's the voice of cynicism who says like, well, the whole point, his name is supposed to be uh, the his hat says don't join. So that's where they got DJ from, because that's supposed to be rough too. Well, to, he says it in, in dialogue. Costello. Yeah. Oh, does he actually say that? Yeah, he sa- he says live free, don't join. Oh, okay, yeah. He straight up tells Finn that at some point. And it, that's that's kind of the button on Finn's arc is when Finn says, "Oh, you're wrong," because yeah. he's now he's 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 right. kind of living up to yeah. what Rose wanted him to be. So he's mm-hmm. yeah. So. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. But. Yeah. DJ represents the uh, the sort of live for yourself and only for yourself. Look out for number one thing that yeah. Finn is still. He's still got vestiges of that stuck yes. in his yeah. and it's and it's only when confronted with the the purest form of it in DJ who is currently screwing him and his friends over in the worst possible way that well, he's like the plot oh, okay you know that. what you know what maybe it's no join you you have to join you have to fight for something yeah. you're right that's exactly the yeah. point of right. DJ I hadn't thought of that it is basically to show Finn where he'll end up yeah, uh, if he keeps pursuing this line, at where best, he, if yeah. he survives long enough to become DJ, yeah. yeah. That said, he yeah. does. Right. That said, he does bring out a really intriguing idea that I feel like I would have loved to see developed a little more, which is that ultimately the entire rebellion, first order, uh, it, war is happening, 
and both sides are basically making these assholes on Canto Bite rich. Mm-hmm. I did yeah. like he, when he points out, like, like yeah, they've sold uh, war goods to both sides. It's not yeah. just, you know... It's, I mean, almost you like, what if the emperor character of this was a rich industrialist? Well, that's the thing. Cause <laughs> yeah, you're right. The point of, like... The point of DJ pointing that out is that the Star Wars world isn't black and white, but you still have to choose a side. Mm-hmm. Like, you can still objectively, like, the situation is still fucked up in all shades of gray, but you still, that shouldn't keep you from, like, clinging to a good good side of mm-hmm. thing. Well, and that, that, that's, that's, that he's wasn't... using that as an excuse to be amoralistic. Yeah, like and... like that's that sort of thing was touched on in the original trilogy, but it wasn't explicitly made the focus of a, of a thematic push in a film. Yeah, uh, like that's what that, that's Han's arc, and it's also in some respects Lando's arc. But it's also it's off to the side. It's not really made a huge deal of. And in this film, yeah. a large part of this cul-de-sac in Canto Bite is about focusing specifically on that, like. You think that maybe Finn has a point, and you also thought for a second that maybe Han had a point, and Lando definitely had a point at first with his double cross, but then it's sort of the triple yeah. cross comes, and you're like, yeah. oh, well, Lando was always a good guy. He was just doing what he needed to do, and it was a tough situation. Uh, and this film is showing that sometimes that's not a good fucking excuse, even if right. it all works yeah. out to the good. Sometimes that train of thought is just poisonous no matter what results from it. Yeah. And and you should probably try and clear that poison out if you possibly can. And that's yeah. that's what, what DJ represents. What do you think could have been done to fix the candle bite, bite stuff? Do you have any I don't think like, there's anything to fix. I think it's you I need it there. I do I, I do think, think you, the candle bite stuff is shaggy. Yeah, it does contain my favorite shot in the movie though, which is a beautiful homage to the tracking shot from a silent film called Wings, Wings. Yeah. when they fly well, right through that big crowd picture. of people. Yeah. Uh, if you go mm-hmm. up on YouTube and look up Wings tracking shot. It's You'll see a, the shot I mean. Oh, yeah. an amazing yeah. shot. Yeah. It was yeah. an amazing shot in 1928. It's still, uh, it's still very good. effective in yeah. 2017. Uh, Bobby, I think that was like uh, 1922 or whatever. No, no, actually, it was like, maybe 1926. I'm going to shut up. That, that's not the point. Did you, did you just try to check me? You silly fucking man. I do think the first Oscars were like. Uh, okay, shut up, Bill. No, you looked up the show, didn't you? Yeah, now, now you're looking at pictures of Steven Weber trying to prove me wrong. <laughs> you see what hole you've fallen into. The worst possible. I hate everyone. Yeah. The, the frustrating thing about... It was 1927, so both, you were more right than I was. Okay. So, okay I don't up, think Bill. this movie's... For all the how much I loved it, I don't think it's perfect. And I yeah. do think that they yeah, don't it's, quite it's know what to do with Finn. And... Mm-hmm. Because Finn yeah. is not as vivid in this as he was in the part, last part of Part of Finn he, yeah. got poured into Rose. Yes. And I'll take that yeah. trade off because I liked Rose a lot. I really liked Rose yeah, a lot. Too. Yeah, I was talking to Jimmy yesterday about like any criticism I might have of the movie. And, like, I, I loved it. Um, but I... I didn't like the... I think Canto Bite went on a little long. I think it could have been cut down. Like I said, I, for whatever reason, wasn't really sold on the, the horse race escape stuff is mm. i don't know i don't know why but um yeah but my kind of like if i had to pick one big like overall critique of the movie i definitely think that this movie focused a lot on character and successfully but um when comparing it to the force awakens i miss um the way the characters bounced off each other in the force mm, awakens yeah. like yes. i i think especially with characters like finn and stuff like I think that some of that character interaction and the yeah the characters bouncing off each other was a little weaker in this movie than it was in Force Awakens. Um, I'm not saying Force Abrams Awakens was a. At. 
Right. I'm not saying Force Awakens was necessarily a better movie or anything. Yeah. I'm saying, like, yeah. that's one thing that I did miss yeah. in this movie. And yeah. when, we, when we were talking about that yesterday, like, I feel like The Force Awakens needed you to like yes. these new characters. And it worked extremely it was, hard. It was the reason that movie was so yeah. successful to me, was in, in its characters and the way that they that they bounced off each other. Yeah. So. And now, this time around in The Last Jedi, like, now there was... It needed to answer for a lot of those holes that Abrams had left, so there was a little less time to kind of flesh those characters out or have those moments where they could bounce off of each other. Mm-hmm. And also, now thinking about it, like you had separated Finn from both Poe and Ray, who he spent the fir- the first film like bouncing off of, and like they had such great chemistry, like Finn with Poe and Finn with Ray. There were so yeah. many great moments between those characters. Um, I still liked him and Rose together, but it just wasn't qu- it wasn't quite the same. Originally, it was, was supposed to be things. Finn and Poe going to Canto Bite together, but then Ryan Johnson said uh, they they weren't growing as characters. It was just a cute buddy movie, but like mm-hmm. there was no there was no arc to the characters. They were just going mm-hmm. off, and it, it said it even felt even more tangential than he meant it to. Yeah, be. I, I, so I that's would... why he split them up and yeah, paired Poe with uh, Holdo and paired Finn with. Uh, uh, Rose. Rose to have characters who challenge them and give them an arc to overcome mm-hmm. during the course of the film. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I Which, think that's absolutely the right call. If it, it was the right call, but he still yeah. didn't, they're still yeah. didn't quite crack the nut with Finn. Yeah. And well, I mean, and, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to yeah. disagree that the that the uh, the section on Canto Bite isn't shaggy. Like, it's obviously the one... Like, I called it a cul-de-sac. Like, you don't yeah. want to spend too much time right. in a cul-de-sac if you don't have to. Uh, I think, ultimately, that segment is, is useful and necessary... But totally. I, I, I oh, do. Yeah. But, I it, but it also, but it also contains the one character that I'm like, eh, on. Yeah. Um, and it is, it is. If any part of this film is thematically going to be on the nose, it's gonna happen in Canto Bite. Like th- yeah. that's where, like, that's where he's literally Ryan Johnson is sticking his thumb and booping the audience more than a couple times. It does happen. Like there's a sequence where BB-8 defeats the police force by shooting money at them. <laughs> Yes. Which, by the way, is a really... I You pointed that out and went, oh, that's a really funny image. Yeah. That really, <laughs> yeah. That really sums up the corruption of that town. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's how he took out the police force, is he just unloaded clips of money at them. Like, th- that sort of stuff is happening constantly in Canto Bite, but it's also the this the place where the most Spielbergy thing in a Star Wars film has with that Rose's theme doing that amazing stories esque thing that it does while they're on those horses flying through the city <laughs> and then flying up the walls in moonlight and you're like this is so nineteen eighty five I thought Harry Potter or the hippogriff was gonna come flying yeah, yeah, by yeah, yeah. it's that it's, kind of thing it's yeah. very Spielbergy it's very amazing Which, stories this kind of has yeah. the Mass Effect problem of this is the Mass Effect two th- well actually this is more Mass Effect three of you've got this timed countdown clock that they're working against with the fleet everyone's dying moment by moment people yeah, are dying right. but they're having this whimsical Spielbergian thing and part of the back of your mind is going like people are fucking dying like you need to get back well, to the- every every yeah. time you every time you start to be like people are dying they cut back and you watch they a ship back, run out yeah. of fuel which actually kind of yeah. accentuates yeah. it even yeah. more oh, it's like go, come on guys let's go yeah. back to the never ending story horses they're riding and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> with well, the well, weird how, human how, faces how hook like yeah. um, you know, <laughs> oh well, no 
What was interesting too That's is the that most daring thing I've heard about this film, Mike, is that you can read any part of it the hook. That's actually I'm going to Reddit right now and you just won the argument for all the bad guys. Yeah. Well you pointed out the uh, three movies that We'll wrap uh, this up soon. We're almost up on two hours, but yeah. You pointed out the, the movies that um Ryan Johnson was influenced by going yeah. into this and it was, uh, uh, one of them about was to Mary? catch a thief. What? And one of them was to catch a thief, which is very much an influence <laughs> on the Canto Bite stuff. Yeah. And the thing is, mm-hmm. inclu- unfortunately for me anyway, right down to the fact that um, uh, the, the Finn and Rose riding on those uh, space horses look just as fake as the rear projection Hitchcock yeah. uses when they're driving around in cars. Right. <laughs> that was kind of yeah, that was kind of Harry Potter esque. Yeah, yeah, maybe that was why I really wasn't sold on that sequence so much. I don't know. For, I, that's just the, the one part. I really didn't like. Also, even if the Candlebite had been more Casablanca-esque and about them being, like, high rollers or something, but they show up in Candlebite and immediately just end up in jail, and you just end up kind of, like, being chased by yeah. the cops. It's it, Even on Candlebite, it's less glamorous. You're like, what is this? doesn't even look really good. The cops are kind of... It could have been more interesting. Well, you know, I mean, if, the, if your biggest complaint is that the giant luxury planet uh, it, with the space horse chase wasn't quite as cheap and gaudy this yeah. is they actually they did right by Rose was Rose's big reveal in the film was supposed to be uh, as soon as uh, Rose and Finn get to cancel bite they smash open a window with a dress and a tuxedo they steal that and Finn was supposed to be like oh my god, you look so beautiful in that dress because she comes out and she's got like cleavage and stuff like that. And they were like, that's just a little just kind of weird. And so they wanted her imperial costume to be her big like badass reveal. So they went out of her way to give her her own, like I, I didn't notice in the film, but supposedly her costume was like a teal costume that's supposed to more accentuate her skin tone. And they were like, they wanted to make her like as badass as possible in the ah. imperial thing. So I just thought that was kind of She's nice pretty badass. She she opens she's... up on Phasma like with no yeah. questions yeah. and no hesitation. I love that's when you find yeah, out that Phasma's was, got was... bulletproof armor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, and that's partially yeah. why I think maybe Phasma might come back like a Mad Max villain because she's, yeah. oh, she's she's wearing Wes. Or well, the, I mean, yeah. she's we- she's coated in armor that apparently can defect. Deflect I mean, she blasters. could come back. She yeah. could come back. She'll have um, a, could she could have a it. scar yeah. where her helmet was exposed. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention, and this was an Easter egg that only just recently came out. Uh, Mike Ryan, I believe, had had a discussion with uh, Ryan Johnson. Uh, about this. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, references you weren't expecting, uh, there's a Hardware Wars reference. When fi- when oh, Finn yes. Iron when Finn and Rose are going to steal the clothes, oh. you you know that trick uh, transition where it looks like a ship is coming into land yes. and it turns out it's an iron. That's a Hardware Wars reference. Oh my God, oh. it is. And and John Williams scored it the way that he scored it specifically because it was a Hardware Wars reference. He was like, I'm leaning into this. I'm going to score it like it's a big, evil, important ship coming in for I landing. Cute. Fuck yeah. Movie. That's hard. I forgot about that. There's so much shit in that movie. I forgot they made the stupidest Star Wars. They made a really dumbass joke. Because it goes on for a yeah. while. It's not yeah. even just like a little. It's like, like the ship is slowly <laughs> coming in and you're like, that looks like a fucking iron. And then you pull back. Yeah, it is. It's an iron. There's someone's ironing clothes. There are so many weird little subversive tweak moments, starting with Luke Skywalker just throwing a lightsaber over his shoulder like, fuck this thing. I love that. Uh, Starting starting there and going forward, there are so many moments. Like, even in the big showdown with Snoke, Rey pulls the lightsaber, and you're expecting that Return of the Jedi moment to come, and the lightsaber circles around and hits her in the back of the fucking head. Like, Ryan yeah. Johnson is doing shit like that all movie long. And some people are reacting to it on that level like, oh, it's like Marvel humor. And you're like, One, Marvel didn't in- 
invent the concept of humor. Two, not every Marvel movie employs humor in the exact same way. It's just and age of the yeah. people that think yeah. about it. This is like a Marvel movie. This and is three, yeah. just because your serious badass moment has a bit of levity injected into it doesn't mean stakes still are not high. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know how many serious moments I've been in in my life where because I'm scared and because I'm freaked out, I'm noticing the weird, absurd shit that is also happening yeah. simultaneously. Like, there have been moments when you've been pulled over by a cop and your heart is racing and you know that serious shit could possibly go down. Like, if the cop happens to fart, <laughs> you're still going to notice that. Well, you I might call see, attention to that. Sure the situation, your alerts are on fire. Like, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Like, like here's, a, here's another example. Like, in the film Hard Boiled, one of the key moments in that film has to do with an infant that this man is heroically rescuing oh, yeah. in one of the biggest gun battles that has ever been put to film, pissing on him. Right. That moment is key. So that good. moment is gold. The fact that this Star Wars movie has those moments that is deflating all the self-importance you want it to have, I think is mwah. I, I think that shit is choice. I think Ray getting yeah. hit in the back of the head with a lightsaber during that climactic moment is beautiful. You it, need that because oh, it I makes that. Yeah. it makes the moments that follow mean that much more when the joke doesn't come. It makes that feel it, yep. at least to me it makes that feel, feel film feel feel alive. Yes. And that universe feel yeah. alive that there's no matter what the hell's going on there's always a sense of humor and it's not, and I've seen people say these are the worst jokes I've ever seen in a Star Wars movie. How the fuck do you think this is? Have you watched even... the prequels? <laughs> it's not like people are shit. St- like that's the thing. Luke, no, here, here, here's, 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 inf- here's the best oh, example. Here's fuck. the best it's, example. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Here's the best example. One of the most serious moments in the Empire Strikes Back features three PO popping off with one liners every five seconds. Sir, yes. like, like when they escape. And Chewbacca is choking the shit out of Lando Calrissian. That's a serious moment right up until 3 was noodle along. Had to be a mistake. Yeah. 3PO <laughs> <laughs> is doing running commentary to the strangulation yeah. of yeah. one of the traitors, and you don't even think to question it anymore, do you? But at the time, I bet in 1980, you're like, why is the annoying-ass fucking droid all of a sudden turned into Henny Youngman? Yeah. Why is that happening? I- you know what another really good sign of a genius director is? When you can put 3PO in your Star Wars movie and you don't want to strangle him. Yeah, yeah. right? 3PO is good in this Although, movie. Although, he's only in the movie for like, five, like maybe even five minutes. And that's, that's a good choice. So another that's good still choice. A great, yeah. a great choice, yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, and again, in a testament to these new films, I don't... One thing I don't find myself doing in Force Awakens or uh, Last Jedi is I don't find myself... Like, when we come back to like a classic trilogy character like Chewbacca, I go, Oh, right! Or R two D two. I'm like, oh right, it's nice to see them again. But I never have missed them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm totally well, they, invested they're just in the new part characters of the universe. just as part much of the as the series. old ones. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. This is th- th- this movie feels alive to me in a way that a movie has not felt since probably The Empire Strikes Back. In terms of just yeah. the lifeblood and cheer and goodwill towards. This, we're, we're recording this right before Christmas, a week before yeah. Christmas, but. Where do each of you rank it in your... Uh, I was wondering if we were going to get to that question. Ooh. I don't yeah, know if I'm so Let's do it. In your I know, we tried to list. talk about that. We tried to talk about that yesterday, and I don't know yet. I've, I've only seen it once. When I went to see Force Awakens, like, I saw it twice on opening night, and mm-hmm. oh, I forgot like, another that, yeah. time after that before we recorded. Um, this one, we've, we've only seen once, so I feel like I need to see it at least one more time before I can really start properly, properly yeah. I was, I was processing pretty solid, my I was ranking. pretty solid on Force Awakens b- 
being I placed it third. I knew when I watched it, I was like, "That's third. Yeah. Like it was one of those. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of people. Still pretty good Star Wars. The movie. The, uh, like, yeah. the conventional wisdom is that you have to sit on it. You have to wait. But sometimes you just fucking know. Like when God. I watched yeah. when I watched Creed, I was like, "That's the best Rocky film that has ever been made." And I and for a second, mm-hmm. I was like. You can't say that yet. You need to give that some time. And I gave it some time, and I was like, no, I was right. The, the words fit right in your mouth. The fucking it's, second yeah. I thought it, I knew it was right. Yeah. Um, but with this one, I don't... I don't. It's top two. I don't know if it beats Empire yeah. yet. I have I no agree. problems. I, I have agree. no problems instantly, immediately putting it up there with Empire. I'm not right. 100% sure it goes beyond it yet. Um, and yeah. I think I think a lot of that doesn't have to do with uh, the Last Jedi's quality as a film. It has to do with how seriously uh, tightly woven Empire Strikes Back is yes. into my concept of Star Wars as yeah uh, yes. my, our personal histories yes. with, yeah. with yeah. Star so Wars. I, yeah. it, it might it might take one or two more viewings to see how tightly the Last Jedi weaves itself. But as as filmmaking, as an example of filmmaking, as a film itself, as it's constructed. It's it's up there. It's it's top two easily, and I might Definitely. say it's made as a film. It's built as a film better than Empire. Maybe I'm not quite sure. Empire had I don't know if Empire has something as shaggy as Canto Bite in it. It's got that's its what sha- I'm saying. I don't think it has its shaggy moments and it has its questionable bits. Empire is not a perfect film, obviously, but I don't I don't know. It it it, it, it remains to be seen how Canto Bite is going to play for me on a second question view. Question that is that that's a pretty goddamn good stuff. For me, nothing's ever going to beat Star Wars in Empire because that that is yeah. just the beating apex heart. That that that's what you know formed my love of Star Wars as a child. But for me, the true test of a Star Wars movie mm-hmm. is how it plays when you're fucking deliriously sick and you just throw that out as comfort food. <laughs> how does it play when you're like fading in and out of consciousness in bed? Yeah. That's kind of like, yeah. How would how how is that as comfort food? I, I can see when it you're playing... when you know how when you don't have those critical shields up. Well, that's it, the real. I can test. see it playing yeah. very well, but I can also see it not working very well as comfort food simply because well, because... B- because of how a because of how it's paced. It's paced very uniquely. And B because that last quote unquote uniquely. Yeah. I'll say no. I'll say uniquely because it, it's it's a four act structure instead of three. Yeah. And the way it builds mm-hmm. those last two acts and the way those last two acts do not stop and do not let up. I've heard people compare it to Fury Road, which was a movie that mm-hmm. I knew was the best Mad Max movie ever made. Thirty minutes into it. Oh yeah. But uh, I've heard uh, people compare it to Fury Road, and I. Do- <laughs> I understand. I say that in a bad way. You say that in a good way, Mike. I, I understand why they're making that comparison. It's uh, not. It's not as tight as Fury Road, but its its cumulative effect is very simul- similar. Mm-hmm. Like you get two thirds of the way through Fury Road, and you feel the weight of that film yeah. fucking pressing on the back of your neck. Like you feel every ounce of that film to that point, and you know that you've got another half hour to go, and that half hour is going to just basically snap your spine in half. That happens in The Last Jedi. There are moments where you stop and you breathe and you turn around, and that holdo moment, I think, is your stop and take a breath moment. Uh, and it makes you cry. Yeah. And then you realize how much movie has happened up to that point, how fast it has all happened, how much it means to you already, and you've still got like another 45 minutes to go, and yeah. it's not going to let up. So I, that feels like Fury Road to me, but not in the exact same way. So I don't know if this movie's going to work as comfort food. 
because I can't see you putting on the last 90 minutes of The Last Jedi and feeling super comforted as it continually yeah. punches you in the fucking chest. Because that's what this movie does. You bring up an interesting point structurally. This movie is also very interesting in that it kind of leaves it all on the floor. Yeah. Ryan Johnson has contained, it contains beats of an entire trilogy within one film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, you're not entirely wrong. Yeah, no, that's, I can, uh, yeah, I can see what you're talking about there. And um, the Road I, Warriors, huh. but Fear. Road Warriors, not. I still, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the guy who thinks, uh, I love Thunderdome still but Trump's all, but that's, again, edge. that's my own yeah. sentiment. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. another whole podcast. Um, yeah. yeah. But, we got to wrap this up. It's been two hours we're recording now. It is four mm. o'clock, Bobby, for what that's worth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, what what does this mean for episode nine? Fuck, who knows? J.J. Oh, Abrams. Yeah. yeah. How the fuck? This is the hardest thing he will ever do in his fucking life. Yeah, This, this is more than The Force Awakens, because at least you had, I mean, you had audience How expectations. How do you sum this up? How do you I'm like, I'm not thrilled because J.J. Abrams is not great at ending things. Especially yeah, I ending agree. such a calamitously yeah. weird junk pile that, is, there's that been, is these nine Star Wars movies. There's been one example of him having to actually come up with a satisfying ending to a narrative that he created. And that is Super 8. And he botched it. Yes, he did. That's the he only time. The, he did, that's a movie where he didn't even seem to understand what movie he was making when, when he did mm-hmm. that ending of that thing. So now, so now you've got J.J. Well, Abrams that has to wrap up all the thematic strength that this movie added to The Force Awakens in a yeah. way that almost dwarfs it without Han, Luke, or Leia. With yeah. no Snoke, which he probably was expecting to make it to Episode Nine at some point. I mean, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I they, he had to have been talking to John Johnson at some. Well, then again, he didn't no. know he was going to be directing this movie until this movie was fucking locked. No. Oh, he shit. thought this I was Colin Trevorrow's problem. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Colin Trevorrow probably had some input in this movie. Although, okay, I'm not uh, thrilled that it's J.J. Abrams, but I'm very relieved, at least, yeah. that it's not <laughs> <laughs> Colin Trevorrow. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know yeah. at least that the cast will be very charming yes. in whatever we get yes. next. It is. I'm yes. assuming it's always meant... Well, I guess Ryan Johnson kind of shaped this trilogy so much just by being the linchpin middle part of this film. Mm-hmm. But when they first announced that like the episode 9 was supposed to be... Well, not even announced, but in the wake of Carrie Fisher's death, yeah. Johnson came out and said, oh, uh, episode 9 was always designed to be Carrie Fisher's film. I was like, well, that must be a, more of a political... That's what the, that, that that's what keyed me into maybe Snoke getting wiped out in this film might actually happen, because what you do... Uh, episode 9 would only be Carrie Fisher's film if it's mostly about Leia, and Leia's big thing is political prowess. Mm. And it would be a political Bringing film. the galaxy and hopefully, together. Yeah, it would hopefully be more about the people of the galaxy. I mean, there's going to be, you know, Star Wars in the next film. There's going to yeah. be conflict and laser fights and shit like that. But you have to broaden the scope of, of this conflict and, what, like, mm. who's affected by this Well, stuff. it's, it's going to be a huge and bullet to dodge. Because I don't know if, if that's it, what J.J. It was a huge bullet that we dodged that it wasn't Colin Trevorrow seriously yes. that. because that's not that's absolutely 100% out of his fucking wheelhouse yeah. he can't what, yeah. what you just described he cannot fucking yeah. do JJ can but he's gotta grow up he's gotta show he's he mm, it's mm, I don't know well the the challenge is that Johnson had left a few things on the floor that are challenging for a next filmmaker number one he said the point of Star Wars is the personal yeah but he also opened up the story to such a blank check mm-hmm. that you yeah. have yeah. to tell a huge story to conclude it yeah but also you want to keep it focused tightly on these characters mm-hmm. he's knocked the rebellion yeah. down to square one so can the rebellion come back from that much of a defeat in one yeah. film yeah How well do you I'm do assuming that? the idea is that the, everyone who got the message that they sent out from crates they rise up and that's gonna but be but nobody answered 
nobody answered it. Yeah, that, that would be interesting. I'm assuming that's just because the, the the Force Order was keeping everyone bolted down that no one could. Come. No, nobody answered it. Just nobody it's answered. It's weird that no one. Yeah, it's, he'll it's have not to jump for, He'll have to jump forward in time. I think quite a bit. The fact that nobody to... answered it is very key to the to the themes of the film. I thought for a moment that I was like, is this where Lando shows up? Like, do you actually have like if you're gonna have the if you're gonna end Episode Eight? Yeah. The, for, the, when the, I, you know, I don't want Lando. There was a moment where I was like, okay, do you actually have people show up and you actually have Lando? I was like, hey. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, th- that's exactly why. I mean, I if don't you have Lando show up, it's because he answers the call from. But, this, but I'm this, not expecting. No, it, but no. I'm but just saying, if you're gonna, cram I, I feel. Him in I there. feel like if you're gonna bring Lando back, you're also sort of violating the themes of this movie. Which, uh, yeah, exactly. Which, which are, yeah, which is all about moving, moving into forward. the new, breaking yeah. things yeah. new. Well, and that's what I've always hoped that the series would end with: not only Rey establishing a new order, divorced from the Jedi, but still mm-hmm. more like a more worldly order. But that it would sh- like un- unhook the Force from just being about the Jedi and being about the Skywalker clan, mm-hmm. and just the universe has been destroyed by the Sith Jedi conflict that's been mm. going on forever and you have to end that and you have to let the universe heal and I don't know how you just make a, a story more just about the galaxy at large I mean it's, you I don't. don't you but don't that's, that's absolutely the wrong focus like like you just said a little bit ago it's about people but it's yeah. about people but it, yeah. it's absolutely about people you can't make it be about the galaxy every time these movies uh. have been about the larger galaxy those movies have slacked the prequels were about the larger galaxy and not about the people within it, and that's why they didn't resonate as well as they should have. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. he mm-hmm. set up... One one thing that Johnson did clearly set up, too, is the notion that sort of like the uh, finale of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. where suddenly there's a force awakening in well, massive numbers of the populace. Of, that's, well, that's kind of what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, right. Yeah. But that 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 could be an interesting big canvas idea. Is not that, that I want everyone to suddenly have a force. Drama with these characters we've already come to know. Yeah. Do we have? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a really, yeah. really challenging follow-up. Mm-hmm. What were you gonna say, Jimmy? And another, another thing that like we have that well, we will have in episode nine that we hadn't had in either of these films is now we have all of our main characters together. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is nice. the first yeah. time they have all been together at the very end of episode eight. I had so no now, idea that Poe and Ray had never met before. Yeah. Exactly. Really now striking, we have Poe and Ray and Finn and Rose and everyone together, and they can, as a unit, end this trilogy and take us into whatever Star Wars needs to be from here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is all their opportunity, kind of like where everyone's talking about, like you know, Marvel's going off into the now. Oh God, the fact that this this movie came out with that Canto bite sequence on the day that Disney became the Death Star of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> but well, this is a chance for them to move in the next. Yeah. of Star Wars, even though the next trilogy is going to be written, directed by, uh, or at least written by Ryan Johnson. Yeah. But this is kind of like, you know, Marvel, now they can start making X-Men movies. They can move on to a whole new... F- mm-hmm. But this, the next film could be a launching point to, like, simultaneously wrapping this up, but also launching Star Wars in a whole new era. That's yeah. what we kind of talk about, like, you do... I don't know. It need, the, the past needs to get junked, which is what we've been talking yeah. about it since The Force does. Awakens. Yeah. So it's what we've been talking about since The Force Awakens. Like, it needs to move forward. You need to... You need, I mean, at some point, both Luke and Kylo say something along those lines, and they're both right and both wrong when they say it because they're right. both coming at it from negative perspectives. And yes. Ray is the person who is coming at it from the positive perspective, and she is going to be that sort of vanguard into what Star Wars can right. be in the of future. Like you, you, yeah. you move on, but you learn from what's yeah. happened before, and yeah, you and, and embrace and... what happened before, and 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 move forward, yeah, in a yeah. in a positive way, not in a like kill it or destroy it, uh, but but mm-hmm. or abandon like, it, yeah. yeah, you can't or abandon, abandon it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like and and that's and that's what Star 
Wars itself has to do. Like these films have become commentaries on their own legacies, which is fine Mm -hmm. because Star Wars is too big for you to not actually comment on it in a Star Wars film. But like they actually do need to move forward. They need to burn off the shit that they don't need and they need to build off the mistakes that they know that they have made. And this film is absolutely making that case that we can't keep reaching into the past and dragging that stuff into the future and repurposing it, we need to come up with our own thing. Well, in a weird way, Johnson reached a conclusion Mm -hmm. in the sense that he he purposely said in this, all right, it's time to drop everything, including, by the way, all the stuff from the last movie. Yeah. And start all over. That's a weird thing to do in the middle of a trilogy. This is a Star Wars (laughs) film with a thesis that if the next film doesn't follow up on this thesis or do anything with that, which is funny because we're talking about how we should, you always have to keep moving forward. Yeah. But... It'll be weird if, like, then suddenly if J.J. Abrams just does this weird tangential thing that doesn't really evolve or, like, interact or yeah. mesh with the thesis that... Uh, Which is why it's going to be the hardest film. thing he's ever he's yeah. ever done. But still also be yeah. satisfying to all the nerds who are kicking and screaming online about, like, there's not, less, not enough lightsaber fights. No one yeah, says I have a bad assholes. feeling about this. Yeah, but but that's the they thing. If he, oh, if, he to, if he starts to concern himself with those people, then he's already lost. But he can't, because he's so easily yes. distracted. I love J.J. Abrams. He can do good stuff, but he can, he's also very easily distracted mm-hmm. by this nostalgia, shiny nerd ball. Yeah, well, so he can't be now. I mean, I think that's part of the genius of this film is that so much of why it works and why it resonates and why it's it's hitting people in the chest prevent he can't go down that rabbit hole because he's going to get nailed yeah, for it. I don't it. see how yeah. There's I, no room for it. He can't go there. Yeah, if I, he goes I, there it's instant fucking disappointment. Well, and I think Kathy's going to hold him even more I was about to say Ka- if any, yeah, that's Kathy's got to be the person who's, yeah. Yeah, if yeah. you don't think Kathy Kennedy didn't understand what Ryan Johnson did with this movie yeah. before giving him $200 million to make it, you're tripping. And if if J.J. Abrams comes in and in any way defaults on the potential that Ryan Johnson just built with the film, potential so great that Kathleen Kennedy gave him three more fucking films? Yeah. That's... Yes. You think if J.J. Abrams comes in with a story... You've seen how she is. If yeah. anyone yeah. comes in with a story that she's like, that's not going to work, she's not... She's not gonna let him go forward with that, and if they get no. shitty about it, they're getting the fucking boot. So yep. I'm I'm feeling semi confident that this is the hardest thing he's ever gonna do in his life, and that might end up with him making the best movie he's ever made in his life. My hope yeah. is that it, mm-hmm. it's kept small, it's kept funny, mm-hmm. and it's kept fast moving. Yeah, because it could easily devolve into a dirge of giant stuff blowing up. Yeah, and I don't want that. Yeah. Yes. you don't but want I, into the, darkness. Yeah. The one thing I'd love to see in this actually is in the next one is. Ray bedeviled by the ghosts of Yoda, Obi Wan, Luke, yeah. and Qui Gon. They're all like hassling her with ideas. <laughs> I would love to see that. Oh. oh, she would love to talk to them. I yeah. think it would be great. So, yeah. Meanwhile, the yeah, ghost of Anakin Skywalker finally shows up. The Kylo oh, yeah. and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I was going to step in before, but holy, what the fuck are you doing, you son of a bitch? Oh, buddy, no. Okay, buddy. I love that we've <laughs> talked about this for four hours. Uh, for four hours. God, <laughs> for two hours plus, we didn't even get around to talking about what Ryan Johnson's trilogy could be, which really doesn't mean it, because we don't know anything we about that trilogy. It could be anything. Know. We can yeah. go back and reconvene and talk about that later, but there's, God knows, there's plenty of... St- I, for a while, I didn't really care about the next trilogy too much, because yeah. it just seems to be so distant, who knows what it is, but like... If it's anything like what he did with the last Jedi, oh, that be nuts. could be really it's interesting be future for Star Wars. I this feel, was the yeah. great experiment. Yeah, this was them giving Star Wars to a writer director who could create something new, and he's trying to do something. And, and he did. No, I yeah. mean, uh, I'm, 
I am feeling so vindicated with this film because again, like ninety eight percent of everything that I wanted out of this movie, I fucking got. Yeah. So yep. I mean, but you're lucky. Your 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 likes and just happen to get, like you know line up with. with oh, he pulled his, this movie but... directly out of my fucking heart. Oh. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. He reached right into my heart. Every every weird filmic reference, every uh, thematic touch, uh, the tone of it, it was like my personal dream of a Star Wars film, Ryan Johnson was like, oh, well, for, for your 40th birthday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't be mad at this fucking thing. There's no way I'm going to be. I knew it was your birthday. I didn't realize you were the 40th. Oh, yeah. Happy, happy birthday. birthday, Bobby. Oh, Jesus. thank you. Very happy much. birthday, Bobby. Yes, happy birthday. Thank you. I'm so happy I got to talk to you guys uh, from oh, across yeah, an ocean. Thank it's you good to so talk much. To you too. I know. Seriously, I'm really glad we got to to chat with y'all about it. Yeah. I was I was gonna be very sad if I didn't get my my annual Star Wars yelling in. Yeah. <laughs> now that we know this long distance stuff works, we could actually make this more of a thing. Yeah. Well actually we, you guys don't even have to record it or tell you guys could record from your own bedrooms if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah also could... a shout out to frequent participant Leland who yes. is unfortunately not able mm-hmm. to join us. Yeah which now that we know this works because Leland's in Chicago so that's like that's yeah right. so now we know this mm-hmm. works we can have one more variable mixed and we'll get Leland mixed in next mm-hmm. time. But yeah, we'll have to do this again sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, it's weird that there's Hell no yeah. more Star Wars stuff happening for a while. You know, it's not like we're getting two Star Wars movies in five months or anything like oh, yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Kind of surprised we didn't yeah. get, like, a little Han Solo trailer. They're never going to do that. I, I know they're never going to do that simply because you add more new Star Wars to already new Star Wars and it becomes distracting. Yeah. And they want yeah. people They want people. No, I understand why, yeah. but, like, yeah, it's, it's... Although Super Bowl... I'm betting is when you're gonna oh, get. Oh, that's totally when. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's, it's two months out from this movie, uh, being a phenomenal success. I thought for sure that the, uh, the the little internet rebel was going to dent it somehow, and that the fact that it's just not you know Star Wars coming back after ten years was going to cause a little bit more of a financial hit. But it's probably gonna clear 225 million in its opening weekend. All I saw people freaking out because it's not making as much as the Force Awakens. It was never gonna make as much as the Force Awakens. But the fact that it's making only 20 million less than the Force Awakens is astounding to me. Actually, that's pretty goddamn good. Yeah, it's really Mm -hmm. good. I was not expecting that at all. They're all coming for Kylo's bare greasy chest. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Ooh, baby. God, I am scarred by that moment just because. Scarred like 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 the kiss that never gave you. It's like watching. Too. I want to know that guy's workout plans because each one of his pecs was as big as both of mine put together. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that guy has the biggest pecs. His it's whole like front Steve was Reeves pecs. Movie. There were no abs. There yeah. was nothing. It was like his pecs went from his navel to his neck. Yeah, it was nothing. Did he even have nipples? We didn't even talk about the cow nipples. No, all the nipples There's belong so to the cow creature. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> also, can I say that one of my oh. other favorite iconic moments in this was Luke drinking the yeah. milk and giving the dirty look. Yeah. To Ray, like that was Luke in a nutshell. This is what I'm doing now. I can't remember. We, I can't remember if we said that before the taping he or during. Looked yeah. stinky in that moment. That like you could smell Luke Skywalker. That was yeah. so good. Anyway, so yeah. Good. You guys have yeah. any last uh, anything to say, Jimmy and Colin, before we shut this down? No, I I loved it. I I'm excited to see it a second time, and I'm just really glad I got to talk with you guys about it. So yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah, we miss you guys. Hope you're doing well over there. Yeah. Thank you. Do you guys have miss anything you, you too. websites or anything you want to plug or anything like that? Um, oh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Conley Draws. You can find me at Jimmy PGD. Okay. That's about it. Mm-hmm. You guys? Uh, you don't even need to follow me on on Twitter. I'm taking a hiatus until 2018. Yeah. I'm base. I'm basically looking out. I'm I'm sick of all the fighting. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and Good I'm call. sick of I'm, I'm sick of the, the exercise of futility that has been me talking about Star Wars online for the last you know two or three years. So uh, I'm gonna go hide out on an island. I'll force project myself into someone's DMs if I think they're cool enough. Uh, but, but otherwise, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hang out on a pile of rocks and wait for someone if really important. If you suddenly important. show up and you're suddenly like a foot taller or something like that, or like, yeah. you're, you're suddenly yeah. like really ripped or exactly, like, well, no, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll show up in your DMs with a head full of hair, yeah. six foot three, <laughs> playing point guard for the Blazers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mike, you got yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I don't I don't really got nothing. I'm also like Bobby. I've been on a sort of a enforced hiatus mm -hmm. for this last year or so from yeah, most of my creative really stuff. Fun. That's what. I just kind of, I just have mm -hmm. kind of dropped out of stuff. I, I, if you go to SaberdoothVampire.com, you'll see a comic I drew once. <laughs> wow! Not oh, oh, I am actually working on some new ones, but I've been saying yeah. that for a while. Been, yeah. yeah, you guys are finding out here at the very end why this film uh, was so resonant to old fogies like me. And oh, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it plucks some particular heartstrings with us. Yeah, it was definitely a movie aimed at sort of the older fan and the sort yeah. of. Uh, well, again, I can see why younger people are just like, this is extra bouncing off of because it's like, maybe they'll appreciate like 30 years from now when they're older. Yeah. Well, no, I think it also mm -hmm. is aimed specifically at the uh, new generation of fans, but I think a lot of what it has to say about moving forward, I mean, it's it's useful for, for younger audiences because they need to know those things just as much as Ray and Rose and Finn do. But uh, it's also very useful. Uh, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to ring out a little clearer and a little truer for older people who are yeah. who are inclined to put way too much into that dogma and into those texts uh, and to assign maybe a little too much importance to things that aren't really all that important that you can very safely snap your fingers, hit with a lightning bolt, and let it go up in flames and your life isn't oh, going man. to be any that worse so for it. Cathartic. As a matter of fact, oh. you can sit back on a log and laugh at it as it goes up as you realize that you're setting yourself free. Um, and that's mm -hmm. I, those moments in that movie are going to play perfectly well across all audiences, but they're going to mean just a little bit more to a certain segment uh, of the audience. Also, I do like how this film sort of retroactively explains how Obi-Wan Kenobi can sit on a log in Return of the Jedi. Oh, that's yeah. a good point, yeah. <laughs> That really, that's the biggest mystery we need yes. to solve. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the greatest oh, mystery of okay. all. <laughs> and right. I'm Bill Mudrin. I'm starting off with Planet Genesis. And I feel young. Actually, Bobby, it's your birthday. You should be doing the Shatner. I, but I don't feel young, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the point of this film, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to mix my franchises and metaphors. Yeah. As the two oldest people here, Bobby and I are going to go off and uh, do some foam rolling and stretching after we're done here. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, man. I'm no. I'm told you. My birthday present is I'm giving myself the gift of giving the fuck up. I'm going to go eat a whole bunch of Italian food. Uh, until I feel my stomach just about to burst, yeah. and that's when I'm going to pour a whole bunch of alcohol down on top of it, <laughs> and I'm going to sleep my way to 41. It'll be great. Uh, yeah. That sounds yeah. fantastic. Speaking of which, yeah, we, we should see that Star Wars one more time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll let you get out of here, Bobby, so you can so you can uh, Live. journey to Act Two. Or whatever yeah. Whatever <laughs> okay. Take care, guys. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in, and yeah, we'll be back with a regular scheduled podcast next week. Bye. Bye. More entertaining than me. I'm trying to be a little bit more professional rather than be like, Bye, motherfuckers, how you doing? <laughs> I like to eat balls. <laughs> we That's how boy, the actual podcast hey, 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 That landing stuck and then suddenly. Yeah. You know what's crazy? What, here's, here's the crazy <laughs> thing. Um, we talked for over two hours about Star Wars uh, across continents and never once mentioned porgs. Oh. Oh, yeah.
Uh, and one of my favorite scenes was Chewie that's eating fine. one of them. He didn't actually eat one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he caught. Yeah, that's. They I love he skinned and roasted it. He, yeah, he killed it. He roasted it. He roasted it beautifully. It, oh, it looked like some really Boston good. Market shit, right? Oh, yeah. But he yeah. never actually <laughs> ate it. Boston Market. He never actually That's ate it. That's the tie-in for the home video release. <laughs> Boston <laughs> Market Boston presents City The Chicken. Last Jedi. Boston Market Pork Special. Okay, with that, we Ooh, end the podcast. Take bro. care, guys.